0: What? heard the intro, so you know what time it is. It's time, it's time for a brand new episode of the In Time Wrestling Podcast with your boys. Another, I guess, action-packed week. kind of disappointing week. Kind of good week. Kind of mishmash of whatever at this point. As MJF would put it, this week has been sort of mid. It has been, kind of. So, we... Really don't have anything else that we really had to talk about. Like, we were debating on if there was anything else we were going to throw in this. But we just could not think of anything that had happened this week that was really... Other than the the shows so far. And, again, we cover Raw when we cover the weekend. So, we're not getting there yet. And SmackDown's still to come for tomorrow. So, yeah. We're just going to probably jump right into the show. We might as well. So, we debated. What do we start with here? We went with NXT. So... NXT from Tuesday. I, I want to say it was an okay episode because there was some okay stuff on here, but yeah, like, like, not the like the greatest stuff ever. Yeah, there there was some good. There is some. There was one great, in my opinion, yeah. but overall it was just sort of meh. Mm-hmm. So the show kicked off with Carmelo and Trick Williams showing up in their car. Your favorite, right there with. Carmelo, because... I literally said it, because they were on commentary for the first match, mm-hmm. which is the qualifying for the ladder, the North American ladder match. It was Solo Sokoa versus Roderick Strong. Mm-hmm. And I literally said it. The more and more that they have uh, Carmelo Hayes on every show, just doing the same thing, mm-hmm. I don't want to see him. <laughs> I don't. It's it's there. He's gotten to the point that I if he's not wrestling, don't put him on my screen. There's, that's a that's a fucking easy point right there. Like, if somebody's not wrestling, like why is he on the show? I'm tired of him not like when he's not wrestling. I'm tired of seeing him come out, cut the same promo, cut the same barber segment. Now 2 weeks in a row he's been on commentary mm-hmm. like I am I'm over it. If he's not wrestling, please don't put him on my screen. Mm-hmm. They talked about... I already don't like his talking anyway. See, I I, I don't, don't like his it. promos anyway. So now that I have to hear his terrible promos and also hear him talk on commentary, which is basically the same thing, I don't want to I don't I know, please stop Dude. showing me Carmelo Hayes. Until he has to wrestle. So, he talked about Grayson Waller and A-Kid happening that night. The Roderick Strong-Solo-Sakoa match. He talked about Santos-Escobar qualifying. He said that it doesn't matter who qualifies because this is his world. And then they entered the building. So, immediately, Roderick Strong and Solo-Sakoa are already in the ring. Neither one of them barely get a full entrance. Solo gets no entrance whatsoever. Roderick Strong gets a, maybe... 10 seconds of his entrance before the match starts. So, all in all, I thought this match was good. I did. It was good. It was pretty good. Like, I, I felt like they could have given more. Like, but for what we got out of it, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I, de- I definitely th- expected harder strikes because, you know, Roddy, tiny guy, hits like a truck. Solo is the street champ. And he hits like a truck. Like, I expected these two to be wailing the hell out of each other. And it just felt like it didn't get to that level. But what we got out of it was still pretty good. Yeah, for sure. We did get Santos Escobar coming out there, coming down the ramp, watching to see who was going to qualify. We then, Solo Sokoa got the win with the splash, which felt kind of abrupt. Because it was literally like it was starting to pick up a little bit. Yeah, they were like in the the middle of... A spot. They were, like, going for a superplex. And he just headbutts him off, hits him with the splash, and wins. Yeah, it was very... I was like, whoa, I feel like this match was just starting to try to pick up somewhere. And it just ended. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of surprising. Yeah. But, but it was still great. It was still a good match. It was still really good. So, Solo Sokoa gets added to this match. He was, again, eyeing Carmelo the entire time. But he was also paying attention to, to Santos. So... I believe we said Solo Sokoa was going to be one of them, but I don't remember if we actually said he was going to be in this match. I didn't personally think... I thought it was kind of obvious who the people... Like, I'll give him this. They're being so out of left field with the people that are in this ladder match. Because I thought it was going to be Mello, Grimes, Dunn, LA Knight, and Waller. Yeah, and Dunn's just gone now. Yeah, Dunn is... Main roster. Main roster, having his name change, which is official now. Garbage. Garbage. Uh, Cameron Grimes Cameron lost. Cameron Grimes lost. Mm-hmm. LA Knight is dealing with uh, Gunta. Yeah. And then, of course, we had Grayson Waller, who faced A-Kid, so... So I was right on one of them, yeah. but... <laughs> so, again, I, I in the end, really good match again it's cool to see solo in there yeah I think he'll fit pretty damn well in a ladder match so we'll see how the, how he goes in that match so we then saw footage of of Indian Persia backstage they they I talked re- about last week's match I remember when you when this segment first started like this video first started and it showed Indian Persia and they were just like talking normally and mm-hmm. you're like Oh, they're just all of a sudden friends. Yeah, again? they've just been bickering back and forth for the past few weeks and now all of a sudden it's just like, hey, friendly chat with each other. Like, I'm like, Alright, well that's already illogical. And then you you instantly said that. And then it's kinda like the the, the broadcast heard you <laughs> and they were like they instantly just snapped their fingers in and turned complete one eighty yeah. and then started fucking bitching at each other. So They talked about last week's match, their buzz on social media and being on TikTok. Persia said that apparently her kiss with Duke Hudson the first time was like 6.4 million views. Don't know how the hell 6 million people watched that and were intrigued by that entire thing. Even last week's freaking segment with the, the two of them having a makeout off, like awful, fucking awful. So, Persia ended up accusing Indy of being jealous due to Persia and Duke Hutsing having more popularity than Indy and Dexter. Based on an online poll. First off, random freaking pairing apparently is more intriguing than what Index was. Yes, Index right now is at a stage where it's god-awful. Yeah. Right now. The earlier stuff, it had its moments. It was funny. It was enjoyable, it was funny, but now it's at a stage where it's absolutely atrocious, you don't even want to see it anymore, whatsoever. So Persia said, Index is out, and duja is in. duja is probably the worst ship name I've ever heard in my life. If we were thinking of the other ship yeah. names. And it was and literally Puke. Puke. It's literally <laughs> Puke, and that is fucking fitting for this nonsense. Right now. So Persia said her so from man. now on, will just be called him Puke. Yep. Persia said that her man is hotter. Indy said Dexter's going to beat Tony D'Angelo. And Persia and Duke are invited to watch from ringside. So immediately after that whole segment, we cut to the ring. Out came Tony D'Angelo. He did his whole intro. He, we went to a commercial. We came back from the commercial. Dexter was already in the ring. With Indy as well, Duke and Persia were out at ringside. This was just okay, I guess. I don't know what it was. This match just wasn't interesting at all. I'm going to say this right now, and it may sound a little harsh, and sort of not, like, it's, you're going to, you may question this. I might but laugh personally, for me, I can't get invested with Dexter Loomis in this current state of NXT because he's so out of place. He, uh, No, I don't disagree with that because that's I can't get true. invested with Dexter because he's so out of place with this current NXT 2.0. I, I don't think anybody can get invested into anything Dexter's done. Because look how many times he's on TV and then taken off for weeks on end. And then all of a sudden it's just, oh look, Dexter's here. Did you remember Dexter? Like... They have taken him off TV so much that it's impossible to invest in anything he does right now. And then not to mention when he is on TV, he's made to look like a joke. I mean, I'm guessing... Like that one week uh, where uh, Duke said that um, Indy and him had like shared a kiss or whatever, and that was history, mm-hmm. and they cut the camera over to Dexter, and he just like look down all sad. Mm-hmm. Like a like depressed puppy. Yeah. That's not Dexter Lumis. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not. Like and it sucks because now the in like I said, the index stuff has hit its stage on where it needs to just kinda go away. Yeah, it's it's run its course. It's just it's not it's not like interesting at all. But again, this match was just okay for what it was. It wasn't anything special. It was just Tony D'Angelo getting a win to help him get to Tommaso, to help him get momentum towards Tommaso Champa And I have a couple things also to say about this. Why in the hell would Indy even invite Duke and Persia out to ringside? They could easily watch the match from the back. The Indy was basically like, Dexter Loomis is better, so I invite you to come out to ringside during his match. So you could cost him the match. Well, she pretty much invited them out there to, quote-unquote, show them that Dexter was better than Duke. But it was like, did you really not expect them to have some kind of, like, doings that was going to cost Dexter at this point? like? And then the ending, like, ending of the match was just so overbooked. It was. Tony D'Angelo have, went for the... You have Duke Hudson distracting Dexter. Mm-hmm. The ref gets gets distracted by them. Tony D'Angelo grabs the crowbar. Tony gets the crowbar. No, Tony goes for the crowbar. Indy grabs the crowbar. Persia grabs the crowbar from her. Tony grabs the crowbar from Persia. Persia won't let go. She lets go of the crowbar finally. He swings it backwards. The ref ducks because he's in between Tony and Dexter. The ref ducks... He whacks uh, Dexter in the head with the crowbar. The ref doesn't see it because he's bent over. Well, he did get out of the core. He did get out of the middle of them and went over to the side, like still ducked, like, holy crap. As soon as he finally turns around, we get the the moss-covered, three-handled family credenza that we get from Tony D'Angelo, and match was over. And I'm just like, okay, so we, first off, completely had... Every expectation that that was going to happen. And why the hell did Duke have to distract Dexter? Yeah. He distracted Dexter for Tony to go grab the pipe. Indy grabs the pipe. Persia grabs the pipe from Indy. Tony tries to grab the pipe from Persia. She won't let go. She lets go for whatever reason. She finally lets go, like, which is weird. The momentum of him tugging the pipe. That sounds like an innuendo. Yup. Giggity. The f- momentum of him tugging the pipe out of Persia's hand makes his hand fly backwards, whack Dexter in the face, and then he hits his three-handled Moss family f- f- fucking spaghetti recipe. <laughs> spaghetti recipe. <laughs> Again, like, did we really think Tony D'Angelo was going to lose at this point? No. He's trying to get... He's getting momentum heading towards Champa At this point... Dexter's just a casualty and a side piece of just absolutely nothing. Him and this whole index puke freaking feud is absolutely atrocious. Who cares? We're going to get a a mixed tag match somewhere down the road. Probably at Stand and Deliver. No way. No way. Yeah. We've already hit the max amount of matches that a a takeover, as much as it doesn't say... Takeover, it's still a takeover. No, it's gonna be outstanding delivery. (sighs) It's awful, terrible. It's not a takeover, that's not takeover worthy. That's not even NXT worthy. That's like main event NXT level up freaking worthy. (laughs) NXT level up, (laughs) yeah, like the hell out of here with this. So, Tony got the win after that. Tony stood tall. We go to a replay, saw replays of what happened. Tony took the mic and addressed Champa. D'Angelo said that the new dawn of NXT will arrive at stand and deliver. Music hit, and D'Angelo waited for Champa to come out. Champa came the other way through the crowd. He hit Tony with the fairy tale ending. Champa t- took the mic, got down in Tony's face, and said, "Tony doesn't get to tell him when he's done. And if Stand and delivers his final chapter, then he'll write his own damn fairy tale ending." And then he just dropped the mic, and crowd got went freaking crazy, and that was the end of that. So again, I think Tony and is going to be really you good. You brought up the fact, it kind of sounded like Ciampa had another new theme song. It did, unless they were just like halfway through that theme song, and that's the farthest into that theme song we've gotten. But it literally sounded like he had new music again. Yeah, it really did. It was like, so we're already just undecided on what the hell music we're going to give Champa, which is already, again, a bad sign. So, what the hell's happening here at this point? Yeah, really. So after that, Mackenzie Mitchell was backstage with the Dirty Dogs. Mackenzie asked about Braun Breaker. Robert Roode wanted to talk about himself. Robert Roode went on about how he dominated NXT for 12 months. If it weren't for him paving the way, the brand wouldn't be where it is today, and it never would have given Breaker a chance. Ziggler then told, like, t- tells Rude to pound on Breaker tonight, but save some scraps for him at stand and deliver. Ziggler said Breaker doesn't measure up to the current NXT champion or the former. So we were getting Bobby Rude and Braun Breaker. Again should have been a it was we had interest in this, like it was gonna be a really good match, so we expected this. We then jumped to Electra Lopez and Fallon Henley. Just It was not really that good. Wasn't really like I tried to like I wanna get into Fallon Henley at all, but I just watch her and I go, eh, still rough eh, still rough, still needs work, that was okay, still needs work, and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm still not into her yet, in the end. Well, with, with Fallon, it's like, it's one of those things where the more she gets these opportunities to show herself, mm-hmm. the more she'll improve and grow and stuff, mm-hmm. like, she just got signed, recently, she wasn't signed. Mm-hmm. She just got signed in the most re- recent class. Oh, okay. So. With like Roxy and oh, yeah. everyone else. Mm-hmm. So, the more she's in these opportunities, the more she's gonna improve herself. And yeah, I, definitely. for sure, that she's she's not the greatest. But in my opinion, you she's, can see she still needs work in yeah, places. She's in. She still needs work in places. But to me, she's at. She's not like awful. She's not terrible in the ring. Yeah, she's not she's not the worst thing ever to like to watch she's just not like what's the word i'm looking for here she's not polished there you go that's the better she's not she's not polished in certain positions yet and when it came to electra lopez listen i still think her in legato del Fantasma works i really do but there's just something about her that i just don't get into her yet And it's just because maybe she's not that good, really, when I watch her. But, like, there is something about her that I'm just... I'm not clicking with her yet. The thing about Electra Lopez, to me, is that... For some apparent reason... She's not, like, the biggest stature, right? Mm -hmm. She's not a... Like, she's taller than the average woman. Yeah. For sure. But, she's not, like, gigantic... Yeah. But for some reason, she wrestles like a big woman. It's just because she's supposed to... Like, the way you see her, you think she's strong as shit. Yeah, she's portrayed as, like, a big woman. Like, sure, she's strong. Mm -hmm. But she also is just sort of slow and, like, lumbering. Not like a lumbering giant, but, like, just sort of just kind of, like, walks around. There seems to be no, like, urgency in what she mm-hmm. does. That's a good call. And also, her finisher, she needs to either work on it or stop doing or it. Or scrap it, because... Because she can never get that rotation. Yeah. I don't know what she's trying to get out of that, but it's like, it's rough. It's, it looked... it's supposed to just be like a blue thunder bomb type thing. Mm-hmm. But she never gets that full rotation and by the time she gets her into that powerbomb position she's already like mm. dropping the person basically yeah pretty much and she has to like drop down into a yeah. powerbomb position yeah it's again they had the they had the brawl with with Briggs and Jensen and Mendoza and Wild and it was like when i saw the brawl i was like okay so so fallon Henley's going to be able to get the win here right well, honestly, the brawl didn't make a damn sense, like, uh, even a bit, like, difference whatsoever, because literally just Electra got the win anyway. So it was like, wow, cool. You started a brawl that pretty much could have helped your freaking friend, but it did absolutely nothing anyway, so... All right, but again, it uh, this was just... wasn't that invested into it. I still don't know how I even feel about this entirety of the feud. I still think it's stupid. The fact that Electra Lopez took off like took like offense to the the fact that they were talking about a truck clearly and yes. then she's just like you're talking about me what this, this whole feud is literally just because Electra Lopez mistaken Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs talking about a truck up to her ass basically it's 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 just stupid it's dumb it's not really anything exciting to really get invested into again we're, we're expecting a six-man, a six-man mixed tag match. So, we'll see what happens whenever the hell that does happen. So, we then saw Draco Anthony in the locker room. Zion Quinn walked up. Draco's phone was going off like crazy, but he kept ignoring it. Quinn asked if it was Joe Gacy who kept calling him, and it was. Draco showed... Quinn, a video message left by Joe Gacy who looks absolutely terrifying, just staring at the friggin' thing, smiling. Just, Draco. Yeah, eyes getting all wide when he talks, and I'm like, that is legitimate nightmare fuel. Can you imagine waking up and seeing that face looking down at you, like... Those videos looked like it's something that would be in, like, a a Saw movie. It's terrifying. You want to play a little game? Oh, it was was (laughs) terrifying. Gacy said, Draco doesn't have... To live his life, like, have to live his life all alone. He should open his mind and let Gacy help him because together they can make Draco's life much better. Draco throws his phone against the locker. Quinn said Draco knows what he has to do, and Draco says that that means he has to handle his business like a man. Zion told him that he's got his back if he needs it, but Draco needs to handle it straight. And then Quinn walked off. So, he's pretty much telling him that you gotta handle this. He's It's weird, because he's telling him you gotta handle this yourself, but I have your back at the same time. Like, yeah. so weird to hear that. Like, don't worry, you gotta do this by on your own. But I also have your back, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> and I'm like, you kind of contradicted yourself there, didn't you, Zion? You gotta you gotta do it by yourself. But if things get hairy, I got your back. Like, Alright, well, sure. So we then went to Robert Rood and Braun Breaker. What a match. Yeah, this match was great. This was awesome. I really hope that someone within the main roster looked at this goddamn match and does something with Robert Roode. This right? match literally proves to you that Robert Rude is more than just a tag team wrestler. Yes. It proves to you that fucking Robert Rude is more than just trying to get himself to be called Big Bob. <laughs> you just love calling him that because it was so stupid to hear him say it. It was. It was so stupid. It was so random. And I was like, I I have to call him that for now on. <laughs> There's no way I can't. But again, we went to a break during Robert Rude's in- entrance who came out to glorious. First off, thank God hearing that theme song again. Yeah. And by probably someone within the main roster saw that he still has glorious mm-hmm. and he's going to have a new theme. So it's not yeah, it's not, so, not going to fucking So matter. we went to the so we went to the break. We came back and Mackenzie Mitchell was backstage with Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai. Chu went on and on about how they'll win the Dusty Roads Tag Classic and compares them to how Kai and Raquel Gonzalez were last year. Kai cut her off and said... Chu has has had too much orange soda. I was expecting... I was thinking to myself... Oh, so she's like... The female version of Kel. Who loves orange soda? Kel loves orange soda. I do, I do, I do. Yeah, that's all I was waiting for. Like... If she would have quoted that... At any point... If she would have been like... I love orange soda... I do, I do, I do, I'd have been like, I love Wendy Chu even more, because she just went there. So Kai said she and Raquel were a great team, and Io Shirai and Kaylee have put on a great performance this year, but tonight the night belongs to her and Chu, and she'll she'll put her name on the Dusty Trophy for the second time, which no man or woman can say. So then, again, we went back to the, the match again. We saw Braun Breaker come out, and again, this match was... Awesome. yeah, Absolutely awesome. And the finish was perfect, honestly, because during the match we had where Braun went full speed to do the shoulder tackle into the corner, Dolph pulled Bobby Roode away out of the corner, Braun took a full shoulder tackle into the post, he sold the shoulder very well all match, which I was very happy with. The ref threw Ziggler out after seeing... Bobby Roode get pulled away. Instead of them just throwing the match out, he threw Dolph Ziggler out. So then we got the one-on-one. We did get a glorious DDT. And the ending, again, was awesome. Love this. Bobby Roode went up, because earlier on he did hit the blockbuster, and I'm guessing he was going for it again. So he dives off the second rope, and Braun just catches him on his shoulder and plants him in the power slam in zero hesitation. It was so... Absolutely cleanly done. Yeah. Loved it. Absolute awesome ending. Awesome match. Couldn't wait. Like, again, I'm... Yes. When it comes to the Braun Breaker, Dolph Ziggler stuff, like, it it still doesn't make sense to me. The fact that you took the title off of Braun to stop that title run, to give it to Dolph, so more than likely Braun takes it back. Again, this all is just, we ended your title run so we could give Dolph Ziggler something to do for WrestleMania weekend, but all we're doing is giving you the title back. Yeah, and it it could have been done either way. You could have just had Braun Breaker retain, and you still would have had Dolph Ziggler on Uh, Stand in deliver. Did it really make any difference you still would have had Braun Breaker versus Dolph Ziggler And you still would have had Braun Breaker beat Dolph Ziggler Exactly You didn't have to give Dolph Ziggler the championship Yeah, it was really stupid To end his run His reign as champion That quick To give it to Dolph Ziggler Like, Dolph Ziggler Like you just said Dolph Ziggler was going to do something At WrestleMania weekend He's going to face Braun No matter what Yeah Like it was kind of a really dumb decision. Like in the end. If he was champion or not, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Right? He was gonna be on stand and way, deliver. He's gonna be on stand and deliver. He's gonna fight Braun Breaker, and he's going to lose. Yeah. Either way. Now it's just we ended Braun Breaker's title run, just started over again. Like really dumb decision. So after the match, Braun stood tall, he was going up the ramp. Ziegler popped out, hit him with a super kick. And left bronze just laid out. You talk some trash in Braun's face. And that was the end of that. Again, awesome match. Yeah. Really looking... I, I am looking forward to Ziggler and Braun. To Breaker and Ziggler. I really am. Yeah. I really am looking forward to it because I know the match is going to be absolutely awesome. Because Dolph Ziggler is going to sell his ass off. Bron Breaker gonna look like a million bucks in the process. Dolph Ziggler's is gonna show us all like why he's still fucking awesome in the first place. Like, it's it's gonna be a really awesome match, but it just has, just it, it's really hit a, a spot where it's just really kind of pointless though. It's hit this. It's it it went down the wrong road than going down the right one. Yeah. If in my honest it's opinion, it's like one road is completely clear. It's like a snowy day, but one road is completely clear and the other one is completely filled with ice and snow piles and icicles. Mm -hmm. And they decided to take that right path with all the icicles and snow mounds. Yeah, it was just like, it was weird why they took that route. Like, either way, you're going to get to that destination, but one is a lot more difficult or, like, tedious to go through (laughs) than the path that is just completely open. Yeah. So after that we had Indy Hartwell backstage with Dexter. He was holding an ice pack on his head from the the Crowbar shot. Persia and Duke walked in and they were they talked about the crowbar shot. Indy blamed Persia for what happened with Tony D'Angelo. Persia said Duke's Duke takes care of business in and out of the ring. She actually said that Duke she says, Stop trying to make excuses for Dexter Loomis. That Duke Hudson would never have any kind of excuses. This man complained up the wazoo when his hair got cut. <clears throat> Come on. He doesn't use excuses. Give me a fucking break here. So, again, she she talked about that he gets it done in and out of the ring, which, <sighs> she, he doesn't make excuses and is better than Loomis. Persia said her man can beat Anyone on the roster, because even Indy told him, told her hands down, because she was gassing up Duke Hudson up the wazoo, and she goes, remember, your, hus- your, your boy is Duke Hudson, not John Cena. And then she even threw it out there that Duke could beat John Cena. I was like, who you're reaching? You are reaching for shit. So, again, she said that he could beat anyone on the roster, and, Dexter took the ice pack off of his head, hands it to Indy, and he walks over to the side, and he's standing in front of his his easel with the with the pad and everything, and he starts drawing stuff. And she's like, you really think you could beat anybody, huh? And then, so she's sitting there, and he's like, she's perched telling her, yeah, we could beat, that he could beat anybody. And Dexter's drawing this picture out, and he takes it off the easel and turns it around, and we see Gunther's picture on there, and I'm just like, oh my god, Duke Hudson better have some kind of freaking life insurance, because the man's about to die. And the funny part was, Duke was like, how'd you draw that so quick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Dexter, if he legitimately draws that stuff, he's a hell of a drawer. I think he he does draw it, but there's no way he drew that that quick. Yeah, no way. It was already drawn. Still, though, if he drew that, that's amazing. I I know for sure that he draws. Well, his drawings are amazing. They're spot on. The man could just draw pictures and sell them and he'd be good to go because they're amazing. So Persia said that Duke could beat Gunther and he agreed on it. And I'm like, oh my God, this man's about to die we're about to witness murder on television again so we saw Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray getting ready in the back we then cut to the the other North American title ladder match Grayson Waller and A Kid now again we we talked about the with A Kid last week where it was like okay is he really like he didn't really show out yeah they they hyped him up they hyped him up Didn't even give him an entrance and didn't even give him basically any time to show out. Yeah. So we were like, okay, I even told you when this match got ready. I'm like, watch this. This is the one where a kid's going to show out. So Waller came out doing his dance and he then, we went to a commercial. We came back from the commercial. We got a Chase University classroom segment. You love these. How could you not? <laughs> really, Andre Chase is like one of the comedy characters that is not is like not overly comedic, but like all it it's weird. It's he's overly comedic, but he's also not overly comedic. He's just he's funny. He really is. He's overly comedic to the point that he thinks that he's tough shit. So so Andre Chase introduced Bodie Hayward at the front of the class. And he talked about Von Wagner. One of the students raised his hand to speak. And Bodie verbally ripped into him. Like Andre Chase usually does. Chase asked Bodie where this anger came from. And who taught him to speak that way. Bodhi said he learned it from Chase. Andre Chase says that the most that's the most beautiful thing he's heard. Bodie issued a warning to Von Wagner for next week's show. And Chase got riled up with him. But tells him to save that energy for next week. And then they both insulted the guy that was in the front row again to end the segment. And I was just like, this is so fucking funny. Why is this so funny? Like, a lot of people aren't into Andre Chase, but I think he's hysterical. There's something about these segments that are just funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. There's something about watching him rip into, like, the students. And Bodie now doing it, too. It's just like... I love it. Keep it going. Keep mm-hmm. it going. So, A-Kid didn't even get it. Like, got a half-assed entrance. He came out again. And so, again, I told you that this... Watch this. This is going to be the one where he's going to stand out. And this one, he looked way better than his match with Kushida. Yeah, looks, and that sucks to say. He looked so much better here against Grayson Waller than he did against Kushida. Yeah, we had the, the one crazy moment where Waller got the advantage... And he went for that dive-through roll into the stunner. And he jumps up. And A-Kid jumped up with him as he turned around and jumped up. A-Kid jumps up and puts him in a rear naked choke out of there. And I'm like, my God, that is some Osprey Marty Skrull levels of counter right there. That is amazing. I love how when they did that, the crowd just erupted. They lost it because that was so cleanly done. And perfectly timed. You just get the dive through and the roll. And it's like, well, here comes the stunner. And he jumps up for the stunner. And you just see, jumping up and grabbing him. And locks it in completely. And I'm like, my God. This is how, this is, this is a kid that I know. This guy is fucking great. Yeah. Like, him and Grayson Waller did, for the little time. Because this match actually felt like it was short. Like, really short. Really short. But it was really good for really short. Yeah. Like, really good for really short. And in the end, we did get the the dive roll through into the stunner, and Grayson Waller is going in. So, we said Grayson Waller was more than likely going in this match. Again, I'm going to be that guy and say it. I hope he wins the title. I think he does. I hope he does. Because I just want to see everybody else get pissed about it. And I'm gonna sit there and just celebrate that this man just won his first title. I'm <laughs> gonna be completely honest with you though. The more I see Grayson Waller's finisher, the more I realize how impractical it is. I told you it's a it's a cool move, but it's not it's not really that much of a finish. It's really not because it's a very weird setup. You have to literally get the guy dazed and then leave the ring. To jump For him back to in jump back division. in the ring. Like, I'm like, it's a cool move. But I can't see that as his finish every time. Like, how is he going to do that in other matches? He's not going to be able to. Yeah. It's just... It's like, again, it's, it's it's a cool move. But it needs to not be the finish. Like, go with the elbow. Go with something else. Just anything. Like, like, like if he's in a cage match, how is he going to do it? Like, is he, is he going to, like... Spider monkey off the side of the cage Especially with WWE's cages There's no apron room So you can't stand on the apron Dive through, roll, and then hit the stunner You can't even stand on the ring apron So it's like The move's gotta be changed It's gotta go to the elbow Or something Just something different So Waller stood tall Sanga was there at ringside Carmelo Hayes was on the apron With Trick Williams. He was also on commentary for this match. No, he wasn't on commentary. Oh, he was out there watching this, pretty much. So, Haidt says we're still missing one participant in the Stand and Deliver ladder match. So, next week, the three losers of the matches that we've had so far in Cameron Grimes, A-Kid, and I cannot remember the other who it was uh Roderick strong yeah, yeah are gonna face off in a triple threat you even called it too you were like let me guess the three losers are gonna face each yeah. other he goes the three losers are gonna face each other and i'm like wow so clever yeah as soon as he got up and was like we we're still missing one guy i was like so they're gonna they're gonna have the three losers go against each other yeah there's no reason for them to, to like jump up and be like oh we need one more person like, you could have just had another qualifying match. Yeah. But instead, the three losers get another chance. yeah. And then they make it, in my opinion, they made it really obvious who's going to win. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Very much. Wait, why? Who do you think is going to win this? A-Kid. No way. They made it really obvious what the, no. what happened. I think Cameron because Grimes wins. No. There's no way A-Kid wins. No. Cameron Grimes has a story that going on that he feels like he's a loser. Hmm.
1: So Cameron's be... going to
0: lose. Roddy's probably going to... I guarantee you, A-Kid pins Roddy because Roddy's irrelevant in this situation. Cameron mm-hmm. grabs, moves on into his storyline where he feels irrelevant and worthless and whatever. Interesting. And he feels like he's, like he's letting his father down and stuff like that. Hmm. So there's no reason for NXT to hype up A-Kid this much if they're not putting him in this ladder match. Yeah, that's a good point. So Hayes entered the ring. He got in A-Kid's face. He's saying he might be a kid, but he'll never be a champion. And I was like, I was waiting for it. That is the worst line ever. I literally cringed <laughs> hearing that. That was so cringy and so forced and yeah. so predictable. Trick said something about a kid's mother and taking her out, like taking out his mother tonight. And then kid hit trick with a, with a giant insiguri and then rolled out of the ring. So maybe it is obvious that a kid's winning Maybe it won't be. Maybe Cameron Grimes will win something. I don't know. Again. As much as I hate to say it, and I realistically I have no clue, I think there's zero opportunity that Roderick Strong gets his win. And that sucks. That sucks. I feel bad for Roddy. I really do. The guy's getting shafted. He, he's sort of becoming like the Hachiman of the Diamond Mine. I mean He's becoming so irrelevant. Everyone else around him. Remember when the Diamond Mine first started? It was Roderick yeah. Strong and a bunch of nobodies. Nobody knew who the Creed's were. Nobody knew who Ivy Nile was. Nobody knew who Hachiman is. But now Hachiman got released. <laughs> so, no one knew who the Creed's were. No one knew who Ivy Nile have or, or, or was. And now it's to the point that the Creed's and Ivy Nile are so much of a bigger presence. And just mm-hmm. completely overshadow Roderick. Yeah. That's it's crazy, because Roddy was the only known name outside of Malcolm Bivens, really. But Roddy was really the only known name, and now just he's in the background and completely just not even there anymore. And I, I, hate and now be, the Creeds are the main focus. I hate to be that guy, but it's it's kind of it's kind of indicative of how Roddy is. I mean, Roddy is like the definition. Of just afterthought. I mean... He's just the... He's just the... Like, the definition of background character. That's... And I hate to say that, because Roger Strong is so good, but he's also so good at just being a person. Yeah. He's so good... He cannot be the focal point of something. He's very... Because if he's the focal point... It's not interesting. Again, he's very basic when it comes to like certain stuff, but he's and really it, it, good. A hundred percent. It it's a hundred percent due to the fact that he he lacks so much charisma. Yeah, I think that's one of the big points. Like they're talking about Gunther lacking charisma against L.A. Knight. You literally have probably the biggest charisma vacuum on your roster, mm-hmm. and that's Roderick Strong. Yeah, pretty much. Like, and that sucks. And I hate saying that. Because Roddy's great. He really is. But he's just an afterthought in a lot of things all the time. Yeah, he he is he is best when he is just a part of something. Mm-hmm. He cannot be the focal point yeah. of something. And again, he He fell. can't be the spotlight. Yeah. The only time he ever flourished being the spotlight was with the feud with Robert Rude. Yeah. I mean, other, like I said, with this match... Either way, whoever wins, the latter match is gonna be great. Yeah. They're gonna like look at the people who are in it so far. And any of these three added to the match is gonna make it even better. So should be a great triple threat next week. So we went to Robert Stone backstage with Vaughn Wagner. Robert Stone's furious about Ika Minjiro and Kushida and what they did before. Wagner says they'll deal with one thing at a time, Bodie Hayward next week. And then they'll move on. Then first off, this one woman who I have no idea who it is, but apparently her name is Sophia Cromwell walked up and told Robert Stone they didn't get to do they didn't get to do business, like finish talking business last week. She asked if he has time now and he does, and then they walked off. I had no idea who the hell this was, but the first thing the first two things I said is A who the hell is this? And B, if her dress gets any shorter, her vag is going to be hanging out. Like, what the hell? Random ass fucking woman just walks up and goes, Hey, we didn't finish talking business. Come with me. And is just like, all right, fine. And I'm like, the fuck are you? I remember seeing somebody's, somebody quote tweeted this segment when they tweeted it out. I don't remember who it was. But they quote tweeted it and said, when the hell did they clone Tiffany Stratton? <laughs> I mean, she did it, look like Tiffany it's Stratton. So, it's so accurate. Because <laughs> it literally so it looks like somebody cloned Tiffany Stratton and just made a clone and named her something different. I mean, she literally looked like Tiffany. Not gonna lie. She really did. So, the next match was the Creed Brothers versus Grizzled Young Veterans. We went to the ring out came the Creeds, and then as they made their way out, we then went to a commercial. We came back from the commercial, out came Grizzled Young Veterans, they they cut the promo, they cut a promo on their way out, then the match started, and so this wasn't bad, this wasn't like awful. Yeah, it just wasn't the caliber of what the Creeds and... GYV. Especially GYV, they, it's not it's not the caliber of what they've done together. Yeah. this isn't the first time they've ever gone one on one. Yeah, no, like we've seen better from these two teams, and it was just like this was probably their weak one of their weakest matches they've had. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't bad, it was just their weak one of their weakest matches. In the end, it was just there. So, the Creeds got the win. Diamond Mine stood tall, and then all of a sudden. We, we hear spray paint. And I'm like... I'm thinking to myself, I'm like... I'm getting freaking flashbacks to TNA. I'm like, that's... To impact, I'm like, that's Trey Miguel's kind of thing right there. So I'm like... Okay. But we cut to the, to the screen. And there's two masked men... In sweatshirts and... Dark jeans. And... One of them spray paints Don't Cry on on the wall, and they're tearing apart the training facility of the Diamond Mine. And on the screen, we see text messages pop up, and it says, Creed Brothers, you clearly can't find us, so we'll find you. Until then, enjoy the view. So, Bivens is having a fit. Again, we saw the Don't Cry on the wall. And... So, this is clearly who attacked the Creed brothers. Yeah. The question is, is it actually going to be a different team, or does NXT just resort to main roster tactics and just go, well, it's MSK, we just had to use other people to make you not think it's MSK, but it's clearly going to be MSK. I don't think it is. I think it's some, I think it lines up too well with, like, I go I know reports are bullshit. Yeah. And you don't ha- you, you can't believe them whatsoever, but it, it lines up too well with current events that have happened in NXT 2.0 mm-hmm. and these reports cuz it was reported a while ago that they're bringing people from NXT UK mm-hmm. into NXT 2.0, which is fine, Which honestly. Were, some of the people uh, listed were like a-Kid, which he's already been here, mm-hmm. Gallus was reported, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of people were differently reported. See, we and talked about could it be Gallus right there, but I look at them and they're not built big. Yeah. So it's definitely not Gallus. And then I saw people talking about, because if you look at it, they're wearing very like high class like dress shoes, like looking dress shoes. Yeah. And someone, and people were pointing out that it could be pretty, pretty deadly. And I'm like, why do I have a, if that's them, why do I feel so, like, uninterested by having the creeds have to face pretty deadly? Like, personally for me, I can't really make an opinion if it is pretty deadly. Because Pretty Deadly is part of the NXT Two or not NXT Two Point One, the NXT UK era that I haven't watched. Yeah, like... if it was Gallus, I would have an opinion because I've seen Gallus multiple hundreds mm-hmm. of times. It's just I Gallus is great. Yeah, it just shows you that it's it, It's definitely not Gallus. But I, I, I can't form an opinion if it's Pretty Deadly because I've. I haven't seen Pretty Deadly. I know they were that they were tag champions in mm-hmm. NXT UK. But it's, that's all I know. I don't know if they're good. I don't know if they're bad. I I don't know they're I get that I'm, I'm sure their their characters are probably just the normal like Tyler Breeze type look at me I'm pretty and high class and the only other like option that. I could have thought of was and somebody talked what somebody else put this as an option too. Because we didn't see the other guy. We only saw him sending text messages. We only saw the one guy in the fancy dress shoes looking thing. The other option that I thought of, because even I thought of it before I seen somebody else do it. And then I saw them put it up there as an option and I went, somebody's got the same mindset as I do. What if it's Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster? because we only seen one guy yeah with that the, the dress shoes does fit well with Flash Morgan West and the 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 spray paint thing kind of goes well with Mark Andrews being a skateboarder yeah so that's but a good twist i think the i think the text message enjoy the view mm-hmm. has a a lot of like foreshadowing. It's it's got it's it's definitely the main thing that we're supposed to focus on on who the hell this could be. I think enjoy the view is supposed to hint that it's it might be pretty dangerous. Pretty, or deadly. pretty deadly. Yeah, that's my wild guess. And at this point and I I don't know how I feel about it yet because even again, I haven't seen much of pretty deadly. But like do I really want, you know, fashion police kind of guys again? Like, not really. I don't really look at well, those I don't, two. I don't think they're that. That if I know anything about NXT UK, I don't think I don't think they're that sort of character. I don't think they're like super goofy. I think they're well. They're definitely not. I think they're like prissy. I think they're like prissy. I was gonna say they're very. They're not like comedy gimmick at all. Yeah, they're definitely like using prissy. But like I don't know. I They're just like prissy and snobby type high class. I just have very mixed feelings if it ends up being pretty deadly, honestly. I don't know why. There's just something about it that like makes me go, but, okay, cool, it's a new team. Like you said, the the whole spray paint thing, I don't think pretty deadly is would be the type to spray paint anything. Yeah, no. Like again, that's why I'm saying it could be Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews, but that's a tough one too. Like, but then the whole thing of enjoy the view doesn't. I don't get the whole enjoy the view thing. Yeah, I don't either. Like, it's it's very confusing. Like, I I don't want to put the the option of it being obvious that it just being MSK in some way because that would kind of be disappointing to me either way. Because it honestly wouldn't really make a lot of sense because we've said a lot of things when it comes to MSK lately. And we're gonna talk about them when we get to that. Like, if it's if it's a new team, it's it's cool. We're seeing a new team, honestly, in here. Yeah. Because they could use some more teams right now. Because right now the tag division is literally the three teams that are facing each other at stand and deliver at this point. Well, there's more, but they're not putting in the position. I mean, like, yeah. There's jacket time, but they're a joke. There's G Y V. But they're a joke. Yeah. There's... Uh, Briggs and Eager, Jensen. Yeah, Briggs and Jensen. They're, they're a joke. joke. Legato, uh, Raul and Joaquin. They're just sort of there. They're just too Ederson, busy. Idris and Malik. They're a joke. Yeah. They were too busy knocking out the freaking servants of the toxic lounge and then dressing up as them <laughs> to, to be next to Mandy. And I'm like... Listen, I don't give two shits about Mandy Rose, but you do you guys. Alright, you do you. So, eventually we'll see who the hell this team is, and then we'll make an assumption whenever the hell happens there, so. We'll probably see it stand and deliver. Probably. So, we then saw Imperium backstage. They headed to the ring. We went to a commercial. Up next was Gunther and Duke Hudson. Oh boy! Oh boy! This, this match literally seemed like Duke Hudson was getting like some sort of punishment. It's like Duke Hudson <laughs> did something to someone backstage that just pissed them off. And they're like, you know what? Put him against Gunther. And it then was... make Gunther fucking demolish him. See, listen, Duke got some offense in. Very little. But he got some offense in. But other than that, this match was a complete slaughter. An absolute slaughter. It, it was literally like Duke Hudson took a shit in someone's Cheerios. Yeah, almost. And someone was like, you know what? Fuck him. Put him against Gunther. And then they walked up to Gunther and was like, cave his chest in. So, uh, do, a, you're on. Do, a, do a good old chop. Yeah. so earlier on we did get a Walter chop yeah he hit one of his chops and I re- I remember saying I don't know what it is but his chops don't sound the or you said this yeah you said that his chops don't sound the same yeah And I remember I said on sh- social media that someone who goes to the NXt 2.0 said that uh his chops are a lot louder in person in the arena than they yeah. are than they portrayed on On screen. And while I'm saying this. Yeah, we get. While I am saying this, we get possibly one of the loudest Walter chops I have ever heard. This was sickening listening to this shot. It literally sounded like a gunshot echoing. It was so loud because it was literally just Duke Hudson throwing jabs Trying to get some kind of offense in. Like the little bit. like He actually finally did get some offense in later on. But he was trying his damnedest to get some offense in. And like again he took the one chop earlier. And it wasn't really anything. And like you said. Seconds later after you said that somebody says they're louder in the arena. Just this shot echoed. And not even seconds after that chop. Duke Hudson has this handprint caved in on his fucking chest, and I'm like, that is the most sickening thing ever. the cl- The crowd literally erupted. They gasp too, like they're like they gasp and then they cheer, and I'm like, my god, that is horrifying. Like when we we've, we've been asked. Would you take the 10 beats of the Bowery, or would you take uh, one Gunther chop? I would take one chop. Just one. Honestly, give me the 10 beats. I don't care. Give me the 10 beats, because I'm not taking that Walter chop. That shit can fuck off. I will never take that. That is sickening. Like, if Duke Hudson doesn't have a handprint next week, (laughs) still... I'm going to be amazed because that was so loud and so sickening. We haven't heard a Gunther chop like that in a very long time. Yeah, his chops used to be that loud. The last time I remember him ever getting a really loud chop like that was the one on Adam Cole. Yeah. Where he pulled him in and just wails the shit out of him. And it was so loud. Like, and that was at a full sale. Yeah, that was when they were still at full sale. And it was insane. It was so loud, but this one was just like absolutely insane. It was incredibly loud. Yeah, like I would not, I would not be amazed if people down the road from the performance center heard that. It was so loud. <laughs> but this this match was a slaughter, absolute slaughter. Mm-hmm. Like Duke got some in there, and I'm not a crazy, I'm not a Duke Hudson fan at all, but I give him props for at least getting some offense in. Yeah, something you got to give him props for trying. He did his damnedest with the little bit of offense he got. But other than that, Gunther murders him Mm -hmm. in this. So after the match, Gunther stood tall. We got replays of... And then Bartell and Eichner joined Gunther in the middle of the ring. He took the mic and he said he's the most dominant competitor in NXT... But still has been overlooked. And it's an absolute disgrace that someone like L.A. Knight can talk himself into. And then L.A. Knight's music kicked in. He came out. Again, crowd loves L.A. Knight. And I don't get how anybody can't. The guy just walks out there. You hear the L.A. Knight. Everyone loses their shit and screams L.A. Knight as he comes out. He, he grabbed the mic He has a mic himself. He does the, let me talk to you again. So he began his promo. Gunther cut him off. He told him to shut up and listen. Gunther says LA Knight represents everything that's wrong in this sport today. Lots of talking, very little skill. Gunther says LA Knight can talk himself into title matches, but he doesn't have what it takes to win them. His mouth gets gets them in matches, but he can't back it up. L.A. Knight tells Gunther to listen and if he interrupts him one more time, he'll knock his dad bot off, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> L.A. Knight mentioned how Stanin delivers right around the corner and he was going to use his mouth to get him in a match, but... And then L.A. Knight when, it, when it was about to attack, but Imperium beat him to the punch. They started triple teaming and they had L.A. Knight in, like, absolute striking distance where Gunther was going to kick his head in, and out comes MSK to make the save. So they chase off Imperium, and MSK and LA Knight are left in the ring, and immediately, what was your response here? Because you said it. Yeah, when LA Knight was getting beat up by the three of Imperium, and then MSK mu- MSK's music hits, I literally like yell out loud can we get msk away from the tag champions for a little bit just something i get that they have they're part of this triple threat at stand and deliver I they still it. don't belong there they don't belong there first of all but we have to accept the fact that they're in this match but do they have to be in every fucking scenario that the tag team champions are in Just because the tag team champions are even standing in the ring, they have to involve MSK. It's, I I will say this now, I, again, I love MSK. They are my, one of my absolute favorite tag teams around today and probably ever. They're one of my favorites. But can we tone it down with MSK? Yeah, I, don't get me wrong, I love MSK too. But it's getting ridiculous at this point. It is. Like, they are overexposing MSK. Like, I am sorry. This is too much. You couldn't... You're telling me you couldn't have had a scenario like this, and you couldn't have taken this opportunity to insert another tag team into this position to build a potential, like, six-man tag because we know Imperium is losing the tag titles. Yeah. The Creed's are winning. More than likely. You couldn't put another tag team in there to build another six-man tag and not just throw MSK in there because the Imperium are the tag champions at this current moment? I think that's the tough one when it comes to it. Is because who else do you put in this situation? Really. Like, there's literally nothing. Everybody else is an absolute joke and stands no... Like, absolutely does not belong in there with Imperium. At all. Yeah, but th- that, this is the type of situations that you need to take one of those joke teams and put them in the situation and make them not look like a joke. See, this is the part we, where you, you need... You could take fucking Idris and Malik and have them come out and help LA Knight and then the instantly everyone's opinion about Idris and Malik just completely changes. Everyone sure. right now thinks that they're a joke and that they're simps for Mandy Rose. I mean, but Have are. them come out and help LA Knight with Imperium and everyone's like, oh wow, they're actually serious. I mean, it'd be nice. But no, just because this Bartel is the part- and Eichner are tag team champions, they have to have fucking MSK run down there and make the save. This is the part where you, you know, do something of interest... And bring a team back that we haven't seen in NXT for a long time. In Mustache Mountain. Yeah. How about that? I think they're the tag champs right now in NXT UK. But you know what? It'd be a hell of a lot more interesting than, than constantly shoving MSK down our throat. Like, again, I love MSK. But I, even I can say, this is too much. Yeah, it's getting It's getting to the point that it's just ridiculous. It's literally fucking overexposure at this point, and it's really not a good look. It's not a good look for MSK. Yeah, they're getting, they've already been in a situation where they got shit on constantly, even before all the shit we found out about it being Izzy's parents. Yeah, they're they got booed because of Izzy's parents, and now they're getting put into into positions that it's like you want to boo them because yeah. they're putting they're getting put in these into positions that like they didn't they didn't earn or they're just getting overexposed yeah it's it's way too much and they need to tone it down because it's going to get a lot of heat on msk and it's not a good look to have them get that much heat at this point so again they they hyped up msk or they hyped up L.A. Knight and Gunther. And again, I can't wait to see that match. I really cannot. It's yeah. going to be amazing. It's going to be great. Yeah. And even the tag match. Listen, I, I, I'm I all for the triple threat, honestly. Like, I would have I would have preferred it, though, being a singles match. A, a regular tag team match. Because MSK still doesn't belong in this match. They didn't win the Dusty Cup. They literally are the team that lost but said, Hey, you guys lost the Dusty Cup. But guess what? We'll put you in there anyway because you stood in for them when they got taken out by this mystery team. Like, fucking stupid. Yeah. Stupid. So, now comes the part where we might go on a slight rant. Like, if we had the bell, we'd probably ring it now. At this point. The bell is coming. Finally. (laughs) So, the main event is is the Women's Dusty Tag Classic Finals. Wendy Chu, Dakota Kai versus Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. So this entire match is is great. It's really great. Yeah. I still think the best match of this entire tournament is is EO and Kay is EO and Kaylee Ray versus Casey and Caden. Hands down. Yeah. It's the best match of this tournament. This comes in a nice second place because this match is great. So we said it that we would rather prefer it instead of it being the obvious team. Go with the unexpected team. Yeah. We go said, with Wendy and Dakota. We said go with Wendy and Dakota because having EO and Kaylee Ray win in like if you use your brain, they both are wanting the women's title, and are teaming up because they their current. They both have the current mindset that they want to take titles away from toxic attraction. But their main thing is they just want to take the women's title away from Mandy Rose. That's it. They want to take the power away from toxic attraction. The, 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 but the, the tag are, titles are the are the are the, their afterthought at this point. Yeah, they are not a tag team going for the tag team titles. They are two women just so happen to be tagging up. Who want the women's title? Yeah, so at this point, that's it. So Wendy and Dakota, at this point, are an actual tag team. Yes. So and at this, who could use a tag team title match to bolster up the fact that they are a legitimate tag team to go to take seriously? Yes, and uh, listen, if EO and Kaylee Ray had won, yes. Them taking the tag titles off of... If they actually gave a shit about tag title, winning the tag titles, them taking the tag titles off of Toxic Attraction is a start. Of taking the, the all the titles away from Toxic Attraction. It's a start. So again, this match ends up great. And of course they went with the obvious team winning here. In EO and Kaylee Ray. Immediately I got disappointed. Because again, I'd rather it not be... The actual obvious team. And go with the surprise. Mm -hmm. Go with the unexpected team. But they went with the obvious choice. So again. I'm thinking. Okay. As much as I'm not crazy about this outcome. The match was great. is, Is really great. And more than likely. We're taking the tag titles off of Toxic Attraction. At this point. Lo and behold. After The match. Toxic Attraction gets in the ring because the Toxic Lounge apparently moves from up in the crowd to a tiny little set next to the commentary table. So, Confetti was falling like crazy and Toxic Attraction enters the ring. Mandy called for the music to be cut because she had something to say. She congratulated EO and Kaylee Ray on their win and said, Chew and Dakota Kai blew it. Mandy said if EO and Kaylee Ray think they're going to beat Gigi and JC to become the new champs, they're sadly mistaken. Kaylee Ray then grabs a mic and says they had one thing in mind when they got into the tournament. To destroy toxic attraction. And the best way to do that is to go after the leader and take what's most important to her. So we've been saying this entire time. Shirai brought up how... Mandy said she'd fight any woman for the title. Kaylee Ray says her and Io Shirai are going to cash in their tag title shot, but make it a fatal four-way for Mandy's Women's Championship. It then turns into a brawl where Cora Jade gets involved, and that's how the show went off the air. Immediately the first thing we say as soon as this ends is all right the dusty cups this year were fucking pointless the men's is fucking gar is absolutely fucking pointless because you took the team that lo- that won and the team that lost and said hey those guys lost but you know what they stepped in for the creeds Throw them into the tag title match. So what the fuck was the point of the Dusty Cup at this fucking point? You then take the women's and make it even more fucking pointless. What the fuck kind of decision is this? Who thought of this? Why is this a, a must? You know what we just... You know what we talked about pretty much all night? After this shit ended? You could have made this a fatal four-way without taking the fucking Dusty Cup away from other teams. You literally have seven other teams. Seven other <coughs> teams that legitimately wanted tag team title opportunities. Yeah. Legitimately wanted tag team title opportunities. Mm-hmm. But instead, you give it to the team that the two people wanted a women's title opportunity and... Gave it to them for winning. Yeah. A tag title tournament. Yep. So now, there is zero fucking challengers. There is nobody facing Toxic Attraction for the tag team titles that stand and deliver. So what the hell was the point? Yeah. You literally... Shit on those other women to give two women that literally could have just been handed a fucking women's title match, even though they shouldn't be in it in the first place because they've already both had their opportunities and lost. But if you wanted to do it because how dare we not do it, you could have made it a fatal four way without any fucking hesitation. You didn't need to shit on the dusty cup in the process. Stupid dumb fucking people back there. This is one of the main reasons why I have so like I listen I love NXT 2.0. I do. But lately this shit feels main roster. This show feels main roster. It is so fucking illogically booked anymore. It's it's in it's embarrassing. How the hell do you take a show like this? That everybody loved and turn it into just another main roster show. You'd bring all these main roster talent and put them on the show. So they can face all this young talent and beat them. Like, other than that, the only fucking young talent that's facing main roster stars is fucking Brawn Breaker and winning. And that's it. Other than that, everybody else is dealing with other 2.0 guys. Like, this show feels main roster. And this is illogical shit that the main roster would do. This is stupid. There's there's never been a Dusty Cup in, like, in my prior knowledge of NXT. There's never been a Dusty Cup where neither of the fucking challengers get their one-on-one tag team title opportunities. Uh, Yeah. Like... The whole part of the Dusty Cup is to get a one on one opportunity. The Creed the Creeds get their opportunity, but it got fucking ruined and made into a triple threat. Now Io and Kaylee win and they're they're somehow trading in their tag team t- opportunity to be- make the women's title match a fatal four-way. Like if listen. that was the case, why didn't the first f- uh challenge the winners of the Dusty Cup, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, why did they go for the tag team titles? Literally why didn't they make it a triple threat for the the world title? Literally this when did this become a rule? This this is right here. Like listen, I've had a thing where I understand again, I get what the Dusty Cup is for. It's to remember Dusty for all the stuff he's done for NXT and all this other stuff. And I get it. But again, it has a tag team title match now attached to it. Yeah. If you don't want to fucking give these people tag team title matches, take the tag team title fucking stipulation off the trophy. Because this is stupid. You have these trophies that now say you've won this in honor of Dusty. Yes, but now you've also got a tag title match. Which you literally now this year have completely just shit on. The entire situation. Just for whatever reason, this year they just completely decided to make the winners have their opportunities either more difficult for them to win or just somehow make a rule that they could trade their tag team title opportunity for world title. Yeah. Again, if that was a rule this entire time, why didn't Joe and Balor do it? Because they're not a tag team. Because it's. They were not a tag team when it was first introduced. They teamed together because they had nothing else better to do. Yeah, it's literally. it's, it's, it's I will tell you this now, and I'll say it every time. The only reason why this shit's happening now is because 2.0 feels like main roster. And that is it. This is main roster nonsense if I've ever seen it. Hands down. And then the the part that makes this all just the icing on top of the cake is that it was made official. It's a fatal four-way for the women's title. Mandy, Cora, Kaylee Ray, EO. Yeah. If it was a one-on-one, a triple threat, a fatal four-way, in my opinion, it doesn't matter. Cora is winning no matter what. Yeah, and do I, and here's my thing. Yes, We have seen lately, Cora Jade look decent. Decent, at most. Is she ready for this situation? No, I don't think so. Absolutely not. She is not ready to be the women's champion. She's not ready, but situations like this may make her step her game up. Situa- Let's hope. Situations of her holding the women's title may get her to step her game up. I'll, t- I'll say and this. I'm, I'm willing to give her the chance. I am too. But the whole point that you made this match, a one-on-one match, it was made official, one-on-one, Cora and Mandy. To me, Cora was winning, no mm-hmm. matter what. Now you make it a fatal four-way. Still, in my opinion, Cora is winning. And you want to know what? I, you want to know why? You want to know what I thought of immediately? That gets me very concerned about this match. Is because what if this is the same shit that we got with Cora before all this? They just put all these. They just put Eo and Kaylee Ray in there for her and Eo and Mandy to do all the work for fucking Cora Jade to sit out of the match for fucking ten minutes. For her to just ha- let everybody else do all the work, so she reaps the benefits. I don't. I don't think it'll be like that. I think it's they purely made it like this so, Eo and Kaylee Ray weren't just sitting at home uh, because let's be honest with you. If it was if Kaylee and EO actually went for the tag titles, let's say if they actually won and they decide to go for JC and Gigi. Mm-hmm. They were not going to be on Stand and Deliver. They weren't. They wouldn't be on Stand and Deliver. I mean... And... A TakeOver-esque show... Without Io Shirai on it... It just sounds wrong. It's just... I, I have a bad feeling... That it's going to be that way. I have a feeling that these three are going to be the ones... That are going to do all the work in this match... And Cora gets to reap the benefits... And I'm sorry, that woman is not ready to be champion yet. She's not. She really isn't. But she's the only one that fits this landscape. Yeah, and that's what sucks. She's the only one that fits this landscape of NXT. And putting it, either keeping it on Mandy is just pointless. Because you you, you falter the uh, momentum of Korra, mm-hmm. and then you waste the Dusty Cup. Yep. It's just... If you give it to Io... You waste that entire run of Mandy. Mm-hmm. Just, it, it w- it's a waste to begin with. But what's the point of giving it to EO, of all people, taking the title off of Mandy? She literally has, she's literally done and everything. And you also falter the momentum of, of Cora. Same with Kaylee Ray. You do all this, all this hype of Mandy for her to drop it to all people, Kaylee Ray. The only person to take this title off of Mandy is Cora. But she is not ready, in our opinion, she is not ready at this current state to win a title. If she does, this could be an opportunity that she steps up her game. If she doesn't, it's going to suck. Oh, it's going to suck. I'm sorry. I'm battening down the hatches already because I have zero faith in this. I really do. I'm sorry. There is just something about NXT that they are way too into Cora Jade. And she is not ready for this situation. She's not. And it terrifies me because I can't even imagine how bad this is going to be. Like I'm, I'm willing to give it a chance. I am. I'm gonna give it as, I'm going to give it as much chance as humanly possible. but I have zero doubts in it. I really do. I, I, I can just see nothing good coming out of this. Nothing. And then there's also the the thing that they decide to change it to the EO and Kaylee winning because uh, one of either Gigi or JC isn't, like, they're not cleared. They're not healthy to compete. If that's the case, strip them of the belts. Thank you. It's been 30 days. Take the fucking belts off of them. Yes. I'm sorry. Them keeping, I hate this fucking thing of, I hate it too. I hate this, somebody's injured, but we gotta keep the title on them shit. If somebody's injured, title off. That's it. I, I miss the days where there was a 30 day no compete clause. If you were out and you needed surgery and you were out 6 to 8 months, you couldn't sit at home with the title for 6 to 8 months. Yep. You were stripped of the belt. Yep should be either that even that if she's not physically cleared before the coming up pay-per-view if she was gonna if they were gonna defend the the titles at pay on the at the pay-per-view and neither one of them's cleared then they lose the titles hands down or or here's another idea this is crazy because it's it's never been done before even though it's been done thousands of times toxic attraction is a stable They've done this before with other stables in NXT, A.K. Undisputed Era. Bobby Fish got injured. Adam Cole took his place and fought twice. Yeah. If one of Toxic Attraction can't wrestle, make Mandy wrestle twice. I don't give a shit. I don't like... Make her wrestle twice. Listen, I don't like the wrestling twice shit. But the Adam Cole stuff worked when it did it. When they did that. Adam Cole took Bobby Fish's spot and teamed with... I don't know if it was was O'Reilly or Roddy at the time. No, it was Kyle because that was where Roddy joined them, remember? Right, yeah. He teamed with Kyle because they are a faction. Toxic Attraction is a faction. Bars. Toxic Attraction is a faction. If one of them is out, it's called the Freebird Rule for a reason. Yep. The New Day does it every single time. Yeah, pretty much. If Woods and Big E won the titles, the next pay-per-view, Big E and Kofi can defend them. Then Kofi and Woods can defend them. Then Woods and Big E can defend them. It doesn't matter. Right? If JC is out, make Gigi and Mandy defend the belts. If Gigi is out, make Mandy and JC defend the belts. Right? If none of them are injured, make Gigi and JC defend the belts. It's not hard. If it's something too extreme and they can't fucking defend the titles, then take the titles off of them. Plain and simple. Like, I I didn't think we were gonna get in this deep, like, down this rabbit hole of this fucking annoyance shit. But it really annoys me, because this is stupid. I'm sorry, this was the worst way you could have ended this show was with this. It's 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 illogical and it's bullshit. Hands down. It now puts the perspective that every time that they have a dusty cup and there's a makeshift team of two people in there, it makes you wonder if they win. Oh, I wonder if they're gonna take their title their their Dusty Cup win and make it a have them both challenge for the world title instead. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Or is that thing just gonna disappear now? Is that never going to be an option again? It's fucking stupid. It's dumb. It needs to either stick with the tag title fucking rule or get rid of the tag title rule. Yeah, it either needs to be just a trophy and just an award or they need to stick to the fucking reward of a tag title opportunity with winning the trophy. Yeah. It's either a trophy and a reward or a trophy. Make up your idea. Yeah, you can't just come up with your own decision where it's like, we want a tag team title opportunity. Since we're a tag team, quote unquote, we get to challenge for the women's title. Like, what? No. It's not how that works. Like, tirade, we got to end this tirade cause dang, we need a fucking yes, bell. Just fucking, Oh, it just, it set me off that night. It was so stupid. I, I was ready to walk out of the room that night when, as soon as they said that, cause I'm sorry, you took a, a pretty solid show with some stuff here and there that it was like really bad, but like you took a, a, a pretty decent show and then just said, Oh yeah, we'll end it with some giant piles of dog shit. Like, let's get into let's get into dynamite. So, we we've see, we saw all the announcements of what was going to start the show. The show kicked off with CM Punk versus Dax Harwood, and again, it's random as hell because Dax Harwood wrestling singles weird as hell all the time. Back to CM Punk's random. Random One-on-one opponents, yeah. Matches against people who will never have a chance of beating CM Punk. Yeah, now that he's done with the, pretty much in his honest opinion, and as far as I'm concerned, done with the MJF feud. But now it's, what do we do with Punk? I don't know, just have him face randos again. You got it. Honestly, I thought this match was great, though. I really did. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't bad. It was pretty no, good. it was really good, honestly. Punk gets the win via submission, and... And at the end of the match, we do see Punk starting to do the tease of wanting championship gold. So, first off, Tony Schiavone, I think it was either Tony Shivani or JR. It was Tony. Yeah, with his whole, well, what is he what's he insinuating? Does he want the the TNT title? Does he want the AEW world title? Does he want the tag team titles? And I'm like, well, Tony, I wonder what fucking title CM Punk wants. <laughs> Tony Schiavone legitimately might be the biggest idiot on commentary ever. Like an absolute fucking idiot. Complete moron. It's CM Punk. Do you really think that this man is going to go, yeah, I'm, I'm signifying that I want titles. You know what title I want? The TNT title. Yeah. No, oh I, fucking K! You know what? You know what? Bell he really wants. He wants the FTW title. Uh, <laughs> let's not go there because we're gonna probably talk about that in here anyway. So, Punk signifies wanting championship gold. Okay, again, we we talked about this. We said this in, during the build for Revolution that. If Punk wins this match, he's clearly going for the world title. We said this. I, I don't think it mattered if he won or not. I think either way he was going for the belt. No, I think he, he had to win that match, the dog collar match, for it to make sense of him getting a title match. If he lost to MJF and then got a world title match, I don't think it would have made sense. Honestly. Yeah. I think it, would, it made more sense that when he won it, it got him a title match pretty much and in other words we knew this was coming eventually yeah. they've done their damnedest of keeping them apart of keeping punk anywhere like close like of trying to make sure that he's not just thrusted into title picture immediately but again we know that we knew this was coming eventually we know mm-hmm. it we knew it was going to happen sometime sooner or later and it's we're getting closer to it now cuz he's Doing the the gesture of wanting championships. And again, I'm not crazy for it. I really don't. Because I'm telling you. CM Punk goes for the world title against Hangman Page. He's winning. He's winning the title, hands down. And then we got to deal with a CM Punk world title run that I'm just going to go, Oh my god, I knew it was coming, but I still can't stand it. So, him and Dax Harwood had an awesome match, I thought. So, again... There was the tease, there's more teases because FTR wants Bret Hart as their manager and all that stuff. And again, Dax did lock in a sharpshooter during the match. But again, Punk gets the win via submission with the Anaconda Vice. Really, really great match, so. Random match, I, I, would, I could say, because Dax Harwood Wrestling Singles is a tag team. But still. Really good. Dax is is really good by himself, even when he has to wrestle singles. And I know Cash is good when he's wrestles singles, so yeah. they can they can pull the singles stuff off. But again, it's it's really it's weird to watch them wrestle singles. Yeah. And then FTR as they were leaving had their little face to face with the ass boys, which fuck the ass boys. They're so fucking garbage. So we then get Chris Jericho. He said Dark Order won't be able to hang with the Jericho Appreciation Society, but they will elevate them by being in the ring with them. Daniel Garcia says he's going to prove that pro wrestling could never beat sports entertainment. Just, I'm sorry, this is stupid. I already told you this last time. There's no difference in pro wrestling and sports entertainment. It's the same fucking thing. It's literally the same thing. And it seems really, like, it's really cringy because this this whole faction seems like it's really embodying how like the mentality of hardcore AEW fans and just flipping uh, it yeah. cuz AEW fans if you say anything about like a WWE wrestler being the greatest professional wrestler on the planet like if you say like AJ Styles mm-hmm. or Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or Edge or any of these guys being the greatest professional wrestler on the planet, they'll go sports entertainment with the little asterisk. Yeah. Or sports entertainer and asterisk. Yeah. It's just... They're all wrestlers. It's the same fucking thing. Wrestling is sports entertainment. Sports entertainment is wrestling. It's the same thing. Like, they're all wrestlers. Yeah. They all wrestle in a ring. They all get hurt in a ring. They all do wrestling moves. Yeah. It's they're, just it's just WWE calls their wrestlers different names. Big deal. They, they own, they're superstars. only called that because a senile old man doesn't like the word wrestler for whatever reason. Yeah, but again, because they're wrestlers. they do more than wrestle. Yeah, well, who cares? They're wrestlers. They step in a fucking ring and they wrestle. G- like, get over yourself, Vince. It feels like they're really just taking the toxic fan base mentality, and they're just like. Well, let's just flip it on top of their heads and let's let's make a group that believes that sports entertainers are better than wrestlers. So basically they're saying wrestlers are better than wrestlers. <laughs> In a nutshell. Yes. Good job, Tony. You really thought that one through, didn't Man, you? You're a bunch of idiots back there, just to let you know now. Because it's the same thing. No ifs, ands, buts, or maybes. They Did
1: you have- give
0: Marco Stun a call yet? Probably not. <laughs> what about chavo did you call chavo <laughs> i wasn't expecting you to go there with that one anyway so we then jumped to the eight-man tornado tag definitely didn't call joey janella oh god leave joey alone all right let's just anyway we had the eight-man tornado the texas tornado tag team match i had no idea this was a Texas Tornado I told you, Matt Hardy said it last week, literally, that it was a eight-man Texas Tornado match. And that shows you purely how much I pay attention to what Matt Hardy says. I know, exactly. Because who listens to Matt Hardy? But they showed the commercial for it 70 times during the week, where it was literally just, hey, it's going to be a Texas Tornado match. So, no tags at all. So, the Hardys... Darby Allen and Sting versus the Andrade family offices of Private Party and Butcher and Blade. So Pepper. That's just your name for him. I am not calling him that. That is your thing. I'm not stealing your thing. He is the pepper. That is your thing for him, and I'm not stealing it. What type of pepper? I don't know. It's nothing spicy. That's for damn sure. <laughs> so he's a He's a, what is it, Scotch bonnet? No, that shit's pretty hot. No, those are those are those are spicy. What's the what's a, like a maybe like a, a wax pepper. He's a bell pepper, or like really? a, or like a, not like a jalapeno because that's that's still that's that has some sort to spicy. it, you know. But bell peppers are just boring. Bo- I, I'll give it to this blade is not boring. Okay, so, whichever pepper is not spicy. I think like a wax pepper is good enough. For we'll him. go with that anyway. So, we had this match and. This shit is hard to keep track of. I need to say this right. I I don't I've I've stopped live tweeting a little bit because a lot of the things that I would say live tweeting I would say here. So yeah. I don't want to like repeat myself. Yeah. But I I had to tweet this out. People all the time on social media gives WWE cameramen shit for repeated camera cuts. The beaver the beaver gets all the flack because he's got to go. He got to make sure that the camera's over here, and then over here, and you, you knew I um, I would turn it that way, you know, like yeah. They they have, I can admit that WWE's camera cuts are ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. There's times where they literally go this one angle, then another angle, and then back to that old angle, and then here's this angle again, and then they back to the old angle again, and I'm like, yeah, it, can it, you just give it. Time to breathe. It literally gives you a headache watching all those camera cuts. And then I watch this match. <laughs> it starts. They all split up. There's like two people in the ring. And then there's two people fighting up into the crowd towards the concession area. And then they go to picture-in-picture. And they expect you not to pay attention to picture-in-picture. But I did. <laughs> I paid attention to picture-in-picture. picture We are watching... Matt Hardy and Sting and uh, Private, Private Party Barbie. down in the ring. And they would cut up to Jeff and Darby up up yes. in the rafters. And then they would cut back to Matt and Sting. And then back to Jeff and Darby. And then back to Jeff and Sting. And then back to Jeff and Darby. And they cut at least 45 times back and forth. And I'm like... I, I can't, I can't pay attention. To what the fuck is going on? Right? Because they keep cutting between the two. Right. There was literally the time where we saw Jeff and I believe it was the Blade in the crowd. Like they were, they just gone over the barricade, and we were like, well, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah, because they, the camera wasn't paying attention to it. They literally cut to Matt and Sting, and then they cut back to Jeff and Pepper, and all we see is Peppers, Pepper and. Jeff's legs in the air because we missed the dive Jeff Hardy hitting the Pepper over the barricade. Because they were too busy trying to focus on whatever the hell Darby Allen was doing at the time. And I'm like this is an issue. And then they reached the concession uh, Jeff and Darby and then Butcher and Pepper reached the uh, concession area. They grabbed Darby and were going to do something. And then they cut back to the ring. <laughs> and I'm like I something happened to Darby and then immediately as I got done saying that, they cut back to Butcher and Pepper and they did something to Darby and Darby was down. <laughs> yeah. And then at, by this time we're at at least like 52 camera cuts and I I literally said this. You know what would help this situation? If they would do a goddamn split screen, right? It, it would have made so much more sense than the 89 camera cuts we got. It literally couldn't see anything. It would go like, oh, well, this is about to happen, but we gotta go back to see what's going on in the concession area, and then it freaking already happens on the at, out at ringside. Then we go back to that, and it's like, oh, well, what the hell did I miss? Yeah, we, we gotta see Matt Hart, two old men, beating up Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn, just, just like, doing punches and, like... <laughs> Jabs and so again, we got Sting doing a, a, a dive off the top rope, which again, I will say this every time, we worried about Sting all this time of going, oh my God, this man's gonna kill himself in AEW, and this man just goes, well, I'm just gonna kill myself. Don't worry, I'm gonna throw myself off the top rope with no with the greatest of ease. I'm gonna dive off the stage through a table. I'm gonna climb up in the rafters and jump through three tables like. Sting's literally just like, "Hey, you guys thought I was gonna kill myself. Guess what? I'll show you that I'm gonna try not to kill myself, but I'm also gonna try to kill myself at the same time. Like, and the the god. Th- the thing about it is like, with this dive, he almost slipped. He gets up on the the turnbuckle, the top turnbuckle, mm-hmm. almost slips, and it's just like, oh well, I guess I gotta jump, and then jumps." And almost completely overshoots everyone. It's just... And almost lands on his head. Sting needs to be careful because he's really starting to terrify me with this shit. Like, but again, we did get a Jeff Hardy dive. He, He made it to the concession area where he grabs a ladder with Sting has the butcher on the table. Darby is finally fighting off Blade, who puts him on the other table right next to Butcher. And Jeff is setting up this ladder to climb up this ladder. This is a massive ladder. And all the while, we keep cutting back to Matt Hardy fighting Private Party. While we're waiting for Jeff to climb the ladder, he finally starts climbing the ladder. He starts making up the ladder. They cut back to Private Party and Matt Hardy again. And I'm like... I'm gonna miss this shit, and I swear to god, I'm gonna freaking lose it. Like if you don't fucking stop cutting this damn camera. We finally get back to the concession area. First off, Sting looks like a fucking moron, just holding Butcher there the entire time, not doing a damn thing. He's literally just like, Just just stay here. Just stay here. Don't worry. We just gotta wait for Jeff to climb. Don't worry, just stay here. Come just, on, just we're to in the spot. Why just you... just work with me here. Come on. <laughs> just still he just stood there. Didn't actually like Hit him to keep him there. Nothing. Just put his hand on him and he's holding him like, just just stay. Don't worry. Nothing's going to happen. There you go. Uh, is, is he up there yet? Oh, uh, damn it. Oh, he's, like, he's, he's getting up. Don't, don't worry, Andy. He's getting up there. Just he finally starts throwing shots. Darby gets blade on the other table. Jeff climbs up the ladder and stands on this ledge. This very tiny ledge and hits a swanton off of this ledge. Through one table, I can't say through both, because it yeah. didn't break the poor, other one. Poor Butcher took all of that spot. Yeah. He took all of that spot, and Pepper had to sell it like he got hit with the, the swan gun yeah. as well. The one table broke, the other one just fell over like it did like the whole thing with Sammy and at Revolution, where he hits the Spanish fly, and the one table just collapses, and the other one just tips over. And I was like, "Oh God, these tables! Come on, guys! If it ain't the tax, it's the tables." I legitimately don't think Jeff, Har- the, for all the the table spots or ladder spots that I can remember Jeff Hardy doing to multiple people, in his when he returned at Mania to now, I don't think he's ever hit both people. I don't think Because so even either. at Mania, he screwed up that. Yeah. Swanton off the ladder. He hit all of Cesaro and just kinda kicked Seamus and Seamus had to roll off the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> it was He really has been inaccurate when it comes to that stuff. But again, we got that, which honestly I thought was freaking cool. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was a it was a cool spot. Yeah. yeah. It just would have been cooler if we got both the tables. Yeah. But uh we got we got I don't the want to be that guy. Heart. We got Matt Hardy attempting the side effect on the stage. Like, off the stage, through a table. He got countered. Then Private Party hit him with a double side effect through the table. And then we got towards the end of the match. And, of course, we got a fuck-up at the end of this match. We got... This was a pretty bad match. Yeah. At the end, they attempted gin and juice on Sting. So, Mark Quinn puts... He puts Sting on the top rope, and he does the run, like he's going to do the Rana, into the cutter. So he, so Isaiah Cassidy can hit the cutter. And as he pops up and hits the Rana and sends Sting across, Sting has this bright idea to attempt to try to get shot off the top rope, land on his feet, and somehow still get Isaiah Cassidy into a scorpion death drop. At the same time. I think he was supposed to come off and then catch Isaiah and then just drop him immediately. That's what the point was. He was supposed to come off, land on his feet and catch him and then drop him. But it was literally, he came off the top rope, he landed on his feet and then proceeded to fall down in like the slowest like speed ever. Yeah, he just, he fell over and then was struggling to get up. He gets up to like one knee. He was He's on, like, one knee with one foot up. And then he just, like, d- decides to do, like, a mini Scorpion death drop. He's like, uh, I can't get up any farther. He uh. just gave <laughs> up after a while. And I'm like, this is the stuff. This is what I'm talking about. Sting, you gotta fucking chill. You're just- 63 years old, he's dude. He's trying too hard. It, it would have been so much easier. Instead of trying to jump. ...and catch and stand there waiting for Matt to do this twist of fate... ...he should have just came off and caught him and dropped. Right? Instead of just catching him and then standing there... ...he could have just jumped off, caught him, and dropped him immediately with it. The one thing that was even worse was Matt Hardy... ...went for the twist of fate and he pulls him in. I believe it was Mark Quinn. I couldn't tell which one it was. But he pulled him in for the twist of fate... And he proceeded to wait until Sting got to, like, a neutral, like, position before he finally does the twist part. And I'm like, Matt, don't wait for him. Do something. Don't just stand there and go, oh, well, Sting's not looking too good. I'm just going to stand here, wait to see if he stands up at this point. Like, if you want to check on Sting, drop Mark Quinn or Isaiah Cassidy first, and then go and check on Sting. Help him up at that point. Don't just stand there and look at him and go, is he going to get up? Oh, this is good enough. Twist of fate, and that was the end of the match. And I'm like, and they they still weren't even in sync, right? It was like, again, it was an okay match, but it was really botchy at the end. It was really botchy. Like... Like, they even had the spot where they threw Darby down the stairs, and that was, like, <laughs> not as exciting as the first time that Ethan Page did it with Scorpio, where they threw him down the stairs. Yeah. This one was just kind of lackluster, because Darby just kind of, like, fell down in, like, slow motion. He was like, oh, I'm going down the stairs, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, that was kind of weak. Like, you fucking tumbled down the stairs when Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky threw you down. But Butcher throws you down the stairs and you're like, Oh, here I go. Just gonna try to make myself go down the stairs. Like, it was like, okay, but it wasn't really that good. It was like, very, like, it was weird watching people stand around in certain spots just to try to get the next spot to go off. The ending was completely botched up the wazoo. Like. And then we had that one ref that helped Jeff Hardy uh, uh, set up the ladder. And he climbs up the ladder and he's up on the bar- the, 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 the banister yeah, above the-, the window. And the ref is still holding the ladder. Right? He's holding the ladder down like Jeff's gonna jump off the ladder, as if he didn't notice Jeff is on top of the banister above the window. Right? It was Bryce Remsburg, I'm pretty sure, and he just fitting. He just stood there holding the ladder, and I'm like, does he not realize Jeff's not on the ladder anymore? Why are you standing there holding it? <laughs> like the referees are morons, hands down. Absolute morons. And Paul Turner's not enough to save them. I'm yeah. sorry, they're morons so again this match was just eh. it was not really that good though it was just not a, it was just bad in it in it and what it wanted to be it was just okay I guess you could say but it it was a disaster more than likely because way too many camera cuts way too many botches just absolute morons just standing there like waiting for spots like I I wasn't crazy for this, and I'm never gonna go back and rewatch it again. Cause waste. Hopefully, this is an end of this Hardy Andrade family bullcrap. Nope, probably gonna go best friends level on this one. <sighs> boy, oh, boy, we'll be at it for months. So, FTR, we're backstage. They're they're not happy with losing, but. They're even less happy with the Gun Club and then they challenged They challenged Gun Club to to a match on Dynamite. Oh boy. Get to watch the Ass Boys wrestle on Dynamite next week. Can't wait. You know? Get to watch Billy 1 and Billy 2 and Billy 3, you know? They literally just wrestle like their dad. They're literally carbon fucking copy-paste of their dad. Boy, oh boy. Can't wait to watch this one. So, after that we had John Moxley and Brian Danielson again teaming up with William Regal against the varsity blondes. So we immediately got this they they kept cutting the camera. I had to talk about this. They kept cutting the camera to Julia Hart, who was sitting on the staircase just looking depressed with her eye patch and everything like that, and she just kept looking depressed. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, okay, are we going to do anything with this at this point? (laughs) Like, anything. Why, like, we get it. She's acting different because of the fact she got corruption sprayed in her eye. But is anything going to come out of this? Is this literally just a whole, oh, well, she got blinded and now she's acting different. But is anything going to happen here other than the fact that, you know... She got sprayed in the eye with corruption and just nothing's happening. She's changed her attitude and nothing else is happening. At this point, the corruption literally has a 0% uh like positive corruption. I've lit I literally told you this last night. I was like, listen, I love House of Black. I really do. But like the the corruption the mist the corruption mist is literally illogical at this point. Because it has it corrupted Brody King. It more than likely corrupted Buddy. Buddy Matthews. But he's sprayed it in Julia Hart's eyes, and all she's gone is blind in one eye. But has changed her attitude up. He sprayed Pack in the eyes, and nothing came of that. Just Pack wore a a bandana over his eye for a little bit. And then finally took it off, and it's just, oh, well, he's healed. He sprayed Penta, and all that did was make Penta mad. Like, (laughs) it didn't do anything to Penta, really. It just... It made him change to Penta Oscuro. So, literally, the corruption either corrupts people or blinds people. And mostly, it's just literally been a, a black, like, mace. It's like black pepper spray. It's... It's literally just There is no distinguish. T- it's of just the, Tajiri's what it does. black mist or Tajiri's green mist, but black. It literally And is, they're trying to make some sort of story out of it and have zero zero idea. That's what I'm saying. It. There's no distinguish on what that actually does anymore. Does it corrupt you or does it blind you? Take your pick. Like, what does it do here? Like if they're not gonna do anything with Julia Hart and this whole spraying her in the eye thing and all is it going to do is just make her depressed and change her attitude to where she starts having these weird moments where she's wrestling and then she'll stop and go with her head turning back and forth and just having moments and all that stuff like that and I'm like can we like do something with that or can we just drop it at this point because it's really stupid yeah it looks dumb nothing's coming out of it so either get to the fucking point or get rid of it like, can we, can we get to the point where the corruption, the black mist, when he sprays it in people's eye, eyes, can we get it to the point that it actually corrupts people? Something, you know? Because literally all it is at this point is just a blinder. Like, we're made to believe that the black mist corrupts people. Yeah. And it, makes them join the House of Black. It is corruption. That's we're, what literally it's called. It's literally what it is. We're made to believe that that's what happened with Brody King and Buddy. Yeah. that we're made to believe that's what that's what happened yeah. And we have zero evidence that it actually does that they're just yeah. like that black mist it corrupts people yeah but how do you know trust me bro it corrupts. it corrupts people I mean we saw it with 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 Brody the first time we saw it when he sprayed it in his face it was it, it worked on Brody again we don't know if he did it to buddy at all so we're just assuming that that happened. But other than that, we've seen him do all these other people like spraying Julia Hart in the eyes, spraying Pack in the eyes, spraying Penta in the eyes. Did, but he, did done... he spray Cody in the eyes as well? Yeah. And it's literally done <laughs> it, nothing. It corrupted him to go to WWE. <laughs> it, corrupted it corrupted you. It corrupted us even more to not give a shit because it's fucking Cody. Who gives a damn? Really? Like, no, it corrupted him to go to WWE. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> anyway, it's just... It, there's no distinguish anymore on what it does anymore. There's nothing. It either corrupts you or it blinds you. And mostly lately, like anything it lately... It corrupts you, blinds you, or does nothing. Yeah. Like, it It needs to just... Like, it needs to... If it's going to be a, a plain old corruption thing, it's got to be... It's got to start doing something here. Especially with Julia. And if you're going to do something with her and she's going to end up joining House of Black or anything like that... Do it already. Cause I'm sorry, this dragging this out is not special. It doesn't make it feel important at all. It just looks stupid. Yeah. It really looks dumb. So now that we're done with that rant, ding the bell again. This we, match was nothing. <laughs> it was it was just single handedly Moxley and I literally said during the match, this literally feels like they're doing the same thing with Mox and Brian that they did with Punk. Yeah. It's literally all it is. They're just putting them against, like, no-name, like, zero possibility of them winning teams. The tag teams that they have no... Just to get their win-loss record up. It's literally the tag teams that they're not doing a damn thing with. Guarantee you next week they're going to fight Seidel and Moriarty. I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. Or Bear Country. They need to... Again, they're just... They're just putting them together as a team and seeing what they can do at this point. And that's it. We know what they can do. It's yeah. Moxley and Brian. But again... Put them against actual teams right? that have... I don't want to say talent because it's messed up. But put them against teams that are actually important to AEW television. Yeah, it's like, I don't... Like I, like. I like the Varsity Blondes. I do. But they're as irrelevant as fucking just... As anything could any be, ever like ever be, they're so irrelevant. Yeah. They're not even the only time they're on anything is Dark and Dark Elevation, and that's it. Like they are irrelevant to AEW at this point. So, and and it proves more to your point that the that Dark and Dark Elevation is literally the to the point of giving a giving people a win before they get a loss. Yeah. Because Varsity Blondes literally had a match on Dark or Dark Elevation and they won. Yeah. And then they lost this. Yeah. And so that's literally all Dark and Dark Elevation are. Just, this was easily one-sided. And again, I, I, I enjoy Mox and Brian as a team. I really do. And with William Regal, it makes it even better. Mm-hmm. And uh, from what I'm guessing, they have a name now, which... I thought it was... The Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. I love that name. That, I do. The name is sick. I love it. And I love this team. But let's see them start facing some, like, legitimate teams at this point. Because the, the, ju- the, just feeding them these jobber tag teams at this point is just kind They really of... fought Varsity Blondes, uh, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry, and Wheeler Yuta and Chuck Taylor. Yep. And that's it. Well, they're not, Chuck and Wheeler are not even the tag team of best friends. Yeah. No. It's Chuck and Trent. Hands down. It's just, they're just feeding them tag teams at this point. Until they decide to finally do something of importance with them. Yeah. So, but again, I enjoy the team. I like it. I'm happy William Regal is somewhere where we could see him again. And Brian and Mox together are a fantastic team. So, Mhm. We had MJF come out next. So, he said, he came out, he grabbed a mic, he said, it's a shame Wardlow couldn't get the job done. The crowd starts telling him to shut the fuck up. MJF honors his agreements, unlike Wardlow. MJF wants to talk to CM Punk now. says, the white trash hillbilly hicks know that Punk was beat at Revolution, and Punk had to cheat to win. So, out of all things here, MJF is complaining about Punk cheating to win when he has done that more than ever. Yeah. So, the tables actually get turned on him, and this is what you get. (laughs) So, congratulations, Max. You turned your own bodyguard against you, pretty much, in other words. So, that's all it was. Mm -hmm. And again, we knew Wardlow was going to eventually turn anyway. And it was gonna be great because finally Wardlow can go out there and be Mr. Mayhem again, wreck shit like he's supposed to. So he starts going on more. He goes. He says, "And that Punk had to cheat. MJF doesn't know where or when, but there will be another match." MJF says after he embraces Punk, it still won't be over, or embarrasses Punk, it still won't be over. It won't be over until MJF attends Punk's funeral and pisses on his grave. Back to then he went back to talking about Wardlow. MJF all of a sudden starts calling him pig. Crowd wanted Wardlow out there really bad. He called him pig so many times. Yeah. It was insane. Like I I was like, "Why? Just stop calling him pig. It just sounds so stupid." If it, he says, if it wasn't for MJF, the people would have no idea who he, like he would, that if they wouldn't know who Wardlow is at all. MJF made Wardlow. MJF gave Wardlow a roof over his head. Wardlow signed a deal with the devil, and all the devil's deals are ironclad. Wardlow's life's going to be a living hell now. The crowd was started chanting Jesus. MJF says... He'll strap Wardlow to a cross just like Jesus. And I was like, geez, this man's just going in, like, fucking insane. Like, (laughs) holy hell. MJF called Wardlow's mother a pig. Finally, Wardlow had enough of the shit and just came out. He, He started destroying the security, and I'm like... I saw them standing out there at the beginning, and I'm like, okay, you really think those guys are going to stop Wardlow? Yeah, it was literally like three like puny schmucks. Yeah, it was like, these guys are going to die, and Wardlow's going to murder somebody right now. So, all of a sudden, more security showed up. They, they pretty much held down Wardlow, as Wardlow's just staring right at MJF. Just wanting to break out and just murder them at this point and just murder him, Sean Spears, even the security. He goes, Tib Wardlow, he goes, You don't work for AEW, you work for me. And MJF doesn't want to be around here and doesn't want Wardlow around anymore. MJF's going to keep paying Wardlow, but he's not going to pay him, but he's going to pay him to stay home. For years to come, until everyone forgets about Wardlow. We're gonna, I'm telling you, we're gonna keep, we're gonna not just remember anything about Wardlow. It's gonna be like weeks, and we're all just gonna completely forget about it. And then when Wardlow shows up, he's just gonna wreck shit. And it's gonna be freaking awesome. It was funny when MJF said that part of the promo. I remember specifically, you go, Oh, so MJF is WWE, and Wardlow is Ali. All right, got it. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. Like, I was like, damn, that's fucked, right? That's some fuck shit right there. So, he says, apparently people think the pinnacle is over and done with. But now that it's stronger than ever, starting next week FTA, uh, when FTR takes on the gun club, he then says, when you're in the pinnacle, you're always on top. Because because he, he had Sean Spears say that, which again, Sean Spears can just fuck off. Dude is not enjoyable at all. It's amazing how you enjoy him in WWE and then he comes here and it's just like, boy, you're so fucking irrelevant. Who gives a shit? You're literally the only reason why you're known at this point is cause you're is cause you fuck around with MJF. Other than that, you'd be a, a, a lost thought at this point. So, again, we're not gonna see Wardlow for a little bit. Because even I guess I saw something about they they took Wardlow off the active roster thing right now to kind of uh, to play into it some more. Mm-hmm. So again, we're gonna completely not think about Wardlow for a little bit, and we might hear some Wardlow chants when we see MJF on occasions, but we're not gonna see him for a little bit, and then all of a sudden he's just gonna come out and just murder everything. So, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Wardlow to just murder somebody at this point. Yeah. Like. He's going to literally take the name Mr. Mayhem literal. He's going to just kill somebody. So after that, we went to the back. Trent confronted Wheeler Yuda about what happened last week where William Regal slaps him. He confronted Wheeler Yuda and said he never liked Wheeler Yuda and he's done with him. Wheeler Yuda says that he never liked Trent either. And he's not trying to be the best friend he can be. He's trying to be the best wrestler he can be and then walked off. So, again, we're starting to get Wheeler Yuta now. Wanting to shift to joining Moxley and Bryan. Again, I think it's going to be a good thing for Wheeler Yuta. Yeah. I really do. So, I ho- I can't wait to see when he actually gets there. What's it going to be like having Wheeler Yuta in the the Blackpool Combat Club? So, should be good. So our next match was Adam Cole versus Jay Lethal. So, we've we know that these guys have had matches in Ring of Honor. So, I'm like, this is gonna be interesting. So, I'm like, I I know these guys can have a great match. There was just something about this match I just it was good, but it wasn't really, like, that good. I'm going to be completely honest with you. And this is going to sound really messed up. Oh, no. I don't remember a single thing that happened in this match. <laughs> I, le- I remember watching it. I just don't remember anything that happened. There was something about... I'm pretty sure Red Dragon was out there. And that this is, this is the other issue I want to talk about. So, Jay Lethal... And Adam Cole to me again. They had a they had a good match. It was okay. I think they've had bit. They've definitely had way better than this. This was just like there. Okay, it's like cool. We're getting an old Ring of Honor match on Dynamite. This should be awesome, and it was just like okay, sure. My one issue is this: Red Dragon interference up the ass. Jay Lethal. Is not that fucking big, is not that like big name right now on the roster. What the hell does Adam Cole need, Red Dragon, to beat Jay Lethal? Yeah. Can we chill with the heel always needing interference to get a win? Heels don't always need interference to get a win. Andrade used to do the same thing when he was in WWE, always having help from Zelina Vega against everybody. Everybody, whether they be freaking a big name or a unknown jobber. It was always, i got to have Zelina Vega interfere so I can get the win. Well, why? If he's facing Apollo Crews at the time, before Apollo got his Nigerian gimmick. Was Apollo Crews really that important? No. So why the hell does Andrade need Zelina Vega interference to beat Apollo Crews? <laughs> this is the same fucking situation. Jay Lethal is not really doing anything of importance. He's literally just on dark and dark elevation most of the time and occasionally rampage. Other than that, is he really doing anything of importance? No, that means Jay lethal is not that important right now. So why the hell does red dragon need to interfere to help Adam Cole beat Jay lethal at this point, complete stupidity, (laughs) complete stupidity. It's just, Again, I thought this was okay, but I know these guys have had way better matches than this. Way better matches than this. Yeah. Like, it, it it, tells you something when I literally don't remember a single thing that happened. Like, I'm I'm 100% sure that I was sitting watching the match. I just can't recite a single thing that uh, happened. There wasn't really anything that big. Like, Cole got the win... When Lethal went for the Lethal injection, and as soon as he popped back to get the, the cutter part, he got low-blowed and then hit with the boom.
1: I, mean, right, that like, I
0: remember that. Yeah, I remember the springboard. That was the end. Hits him with That was kick. the finish of the match, and that was it. Like, Other than that, there wasn't really anything big out of this match. We got a Panama Sunrise. We got the usual Adam Cole stuff. But we also got the usual Jay Lethal stuff. But again, you know these two have had way better matches than this. This was just okay for what it was. It's nothing. uh, Just this wasn't compared to their other matches. This was nothing. Yeah, this was just this was just a good match, but it wasn't like better than their uh, than their past matches in the end. So Cole grabbed the microphone at the end. He said nobody in AEW deserves the title more than Adam Cole. Cole saw fear in hangman's eyes last week. Hangman caught lightning in a bottle at Revolution, and the next time Cole sees him, he's going to shove that bottle up his ass. Hangman's a coward and doesn't have the guts to face the three of them man-to-man-to-man. Out comes Hangman. It's three-on-one. They start getting into the brawl. Hangman came out with a belt. He starts whipping them at least once and then gets the upper hand for a little bit. But then they get the advantage on Hangman, and then out came Jurassic Express to make the save. And again, like I said, when that happened, we literally, I literally go, oh, that's right. We ain't gonna have to see the Dark Order make the save, because apparently all of a sudden, Hangman's not friends with the Dark Order, because... Reasons. Because he pushed Alex Reynolds, remember? It's oh, God! St- it's so stupid. It's so dumb. Don't stick with the guys that he's had his best friends... And had his back for freaking months on end. Before he won the title. And even after he won the title. You know, don't stick with the guys that have had his back forever. Just grab Jurassic Express and completely shove the Dark Order to the side. Like, yeah, you guys are nothing. Sorry. (laughs) Thanks for helping me for the little bit. But now you can go. Like, just dumb story there. And again, Adam Cole's clearly getting his rematch. We all know it's coming. It's just... When's it going to happen at this point? So, we went to a commercial, and then we came back. And then we saw Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara in the ring. And immediately I go... Here comes the part where it's going to get fucking rough. And boy oh boy was this bad. So, Sammy says... Judging by appearances only, so he, he he says he'll give the fans a show every time he gets in the ring. He then says the bumps he's taken are worth it because the fans give to him like he gives to them. So pretty much he's telling them that these guys give him so much support that he gives them pretty much these epic spots and everything that he's willing to put his body on the line for them because they give him so much support and all that stuff. So again, so he even talked about the fact that he's never going to change his style. If he's going to if whatever happens at this point is going to happen cuz we've heard a lot of people say that the 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 really flippy guys it's going to come back to bite them in the end, mm-hmm. a lot. But it, apparently Sammy just doesn't give a shit. He's just like whatever happens happens at this point. I'm going to do what I got to do. Even if I have to do constant flip stuff like that, I'm going to do what I got to do because that's who I am at this point. So then Ty Conti grabs the mic and she starts pretty much ripping into Paige Van Zandt. She She's like, bitch, you're going to get your ass kicked just like you did your whole fighting career. Then out comes Dan Lambert. I have to say one thing. Before Dan Lambert came out, Ty Conti loves to use the word bitch. A lot. Yeah. Swear to God, that's her only word in her freaking vocabulary anymore is bitch. Like, every sentence she starts with is bitch. I'm just like... So, already, we're off to the the races here, and this freaking segment is ass already. Don't really care. Like, these two together on screen is going to be bad. Like, you already said that you can't stand watching them on social media always having to throw their stupid relationship around all the time. Like, oh, look at that. We're such a happy couple, but we're also morons because we had to defend ourselves of, oh, we're not together. That's not the reason why Sammy called off his engagement. Oh, look at that. We're together. And it's like, yeah, well, guess what? You're idiots because you made yourself look like morons. (laughs) And then every time you go on social media, you got to rub your stupid garbage fucking relationship at everyone. And like, oh, look at us. We're. Look at such us on a... vacation. Wow. Smooch. Oh. Yeah. Look at us. We're fucking just taking a walk. Yeah. Smooch. Just. Look at us. We're adopting a puppy. Smooch. It's just garbage. So out came Dan Lambert. So Dan Lambert was wearing the other TNT title. Dan Lambert said, no way will Paige Van Zant make Towns, like, will, will she come to Towns in, like, this, like, Texas? She then call, He then called Ty Conti Lucha Horace, which I was like, oh my god, Dan Lambert, that is, like, honestly, super cringeworthy. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was cringeworthy. It's stupid. I'm sorry. Then... Dan Lambert took off the TNT title and proceeded to give it a kiss. Sammy took the microphone and says, if you only knew what Ty and I did while wearing that title, you'd know we're living in your mouth now too. We then, at the end of the show, I was like, oh my God, that is fucking disgusting. We then at the end of the show see a picture of the two of them in bed with the TNT title. So not only did I not need to hear the fact that these motherfuckers pulled a Page and Brad Maddox on the fucking championship. I didn't need a fucking photographic evidence that these two did this shit. Fuck you guys, alright? And how the fuck did they know that's the actual belt? There's two. That's of my them. thing. There's two of them. So what title? How do we know that's the actual title that they've, you know, decorated with? Like <laughs> De- just say it. He never mind. Yeah. Nope. I'm More, not- nope. <laughs> nope. We're not going there. Nope. Fuck this. This is garbage. <laughs> Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti versus Paige Van Zant and whoever at this point is going to be awful. Is going to be awful. I don't know who Paige is going to team with. She'll probably team with her husband, who I don't give a shit, because the dude's a fucking idiot, because he stands in front of Wardlow and makes out with Paige Van Zant like, oh, Wardlow's going to be so intimidated by you kissing your wife, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and then... Paige Van Zant is god-awful. Ty Conti's not going to be able to carry that match to make Paige Van Zant look good. Sammy Guevara is going to be the only freaking standout point in that match. And it's just going to be shit. Complete and utter shit. I'm not looking forward to it. I hate this feud. You didn't have to fucking find some replacement for taking Brandy and Cody out. You didn't have to go, well, we lost one couple, so insert another couple. How about, no, fuck you, how about that? (laughs) So, we got a video package after this of swerve challenging Ricky Starks for the FTW title. Why are we still trying to make the FTW title feel like it's something when it's, I don't know, a title that doesn't mean shit? It's literally not even recognized by AEW. Yes. So why are they, they continuously, like, advertise and flaunt the fact that it has these title matches? Why should anybody care? Right? It's not, why does anybody want to hold it? It's not even a title at this point. It's literally just a Team Taz prop. Like, why? Why does everybody want to win this title? It's so stupid. Swerve's already off to some shit. Boy, oh, boy. So after that, we jump to Layla Hirsch and Red Velvet. Oh boy, we're we're going. Whoo, we're getting into the good stuff. Yeah. So, Chris Statlander was barred from ringside at the beginning of this. So, Red Velvet, first off, Layla came out and then Red Velvet made her way out. And of course, she had to do all this stupid shit of, you know, mixing the pot and looking all fabulous and poking the booty out and shit like that. And then Layla kicked her off. But I'm just, thank you. Just don't just stand there and watch her do this. Just literally kick her at this point. <laughs> this match sucked. This match sucked. I I want to try... I try so damn hard to get into Red Velvet. Like, I like... Like, I really, really like Layla Hirsch. I really do. But I don't like this heel run shit. It's honestly kind of boring. It's honestly pretty boring. Yeah, because it's just the same thing with Layla. Yeah, it's... She She always goes for the... Because the, she won this match. She takes a wrench, puts it into her trunks like the camera didn't see it. She takes the, the wrench, puts it in her trunks, then grabs the, the turnbuckle, and then goes into the ring. The ref's like, hey, yo, you can't use that turnbuckle, and then takes the turnbuckle... And then she takes the wrench out of her trunks and hits Red Velvet. But how are we supposed to be like, oh, she's got a wrench in her trunks. Ugh, when just... We literally saw her take the tr- the wrench and put it into her trunks. It's just, this heel run stuff is not interesting. I'm sorry. I liked Layla originally, but her being heel, I, I'm just not into it. I'm really not. This whole feud with Statlander and Red Velvet and all this stuff. It's just... It's so dumb. It's really dumb. When it comes to Red Velvet, here's my thing, okay? I want to get into her. I really do. I want to just because... You know, I saw her team with with Kylan King. At NWA. And I thought she was okay. Because... Even, like, because I really like Kylan King. She's great, too. She's, like, really good for what, like, we. I wish we'd see more of her. And Red Velvet, like, when she was with her, she didn't look that bad. She really didn't. But when I see her on Dynamite, she's just, she's awful. She really is. I sit there, and I, I see some things from her, and I go, okay, not bad from her. But then I watch her, and she just does... Constant bad, like she just looks awful more and more during matches. She'll like have one moment where I'll go, okay, you look, go, you look pretty good right there, and then after that she's like, oh, bad spot, bad spot, bad spot, sloppy, whiffed it, bad there, and then I go, oh yeah, that's right. She was trained by Brandy Rhodes, so what the fuck do you expect? Yeah, you can't expect anything. Decent to come out of someone who's trained by Brandy, and she's Brandy Rhodes was god awful when it came to wrestling. So you have a woman who is trained by her; you're you can pretty much expect the exact same mm-hmm. bad. And this match was bad, like really bad. I was not into it. I don't care about this feud, none of it. So Layla got the win. Statlander ran down, beat up on Layla, and then Layla got away, and that was the end of it. Again, I, I I like the new look for Statlander. I do. Yeah. I like the, the dark alien looking thing right now. I like the thing she's got going on with her. So, let's see what the hell we got with this. But can we end this soon? Because this is really not interesting. It's really not needed. It's not anything at this point. Yeah. So, we then cut to Jade... She wants money falling. She was talking about like a celebration for herself, win the TN for the keeping the TBS title. And I'm just like, does she do anything on these shows that doesn't just involve her going that bitch show and that's it? Like, the thing about this segment, it was Mark Sterling was literally about to announce who she was going to defend her title against. And she goes, instead of that, let's talk about my celebration. Yeah. (laughs) She wanted money falling from the sky, confetti, green Lamborghinis. And this is for 30 wins. It's just, again, I will say What are we going to get for 50 if she reaches it? Listen, we talked about it. We talked about it here. Her match at Revolution with Ty was pretty good for what it was. It was pretty good, honestly. And it's the most that we actually haven't had to say anything bad about Jade. And again, I'll say it. She needs to be consistent after this, or else she's going to get categorized with Brit in no time. Because she's already, she's pretty much already in that category because every match she's had before that was bad, really. Mm-hmm. But you'll see everybody else on social media going, that was great. Jade looks great. She did a great job. Oh, nice job there. And I'm like, just 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 be just say it was bad come on guys stop trying to defend this stuff sometimes did you see on social media uh jade making herself look like a bitch oh doesn't surprise me uh somebody in uh WWE 2K22 made a a version of her with the white hair and her current hair right the green hair mm-hmm I looked at the picture, it looks ex- ex- exactly, exactly <laughs> like Jade Cargill. Okay. She responds and goes, my hair doesn't look like that. Oh, what god. the fuck are you talking about? Oh my god. Your hair is green. Oh god. It was, the, it, it was literally the exact shade down to the minuscule <laughs> color of the Is. And she says, My hair doesn't look like that. Oh my gosh. Have you looked at your hair at all, Jade? (laughs) Or are you confirming that you have a wig? (laughs) So. Is that a weave? (laughs) Anyway. Where do you get a green weave? (laughs) Anyway. You buy them from Oompa Loompas. God damn it, he went there. Shit. So, and the Wonka started supplying <laughs> weaves. Anyway, like we said, she just needs to be consistent here on out, or else she's gonna get put in that category. She's going in that category, and that's it. That's what we're leaving it at. Yeah. Like, she's she's either gonna be consistent and not get thrown in that category, or she's going in that category with Brit. She's inconsistent as shit, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So. Again, we're just waiting for the next match at this point. When's it going to be? Probably on Rampage, which means I'll probably miss it. (laughs) Anyway. So, we then got announced that we were going to see Red Dragon versus 5 and 10. And Nyla Rose will be in action on Rampage. They talked about FTR versus the Gun Club next week and Andrade versus Darby. They also talked about the FTW title match on Rampage. And then they jumped to Thunder Rosa's championship celebration kind of thing. She just wanted to talk about like what happened. Just, we were just going to hear from her pretty much. So she came out to celebrate with Tony Schiavone. And then Vicky Guerrero came out. So Vicky was pretty much telling her don't insult like the state like her state. Rosa got on the microphone and she was talking about how that her home is pretty much Texas now. And out came Nyla to attack her from behind. Vicky pretty much just said that Nyla is going to be the one to take the title off of Thunder and again this this segment sucked. This was bad. This like, was quite possibly one of the worst segments that AEW's ever put together. This was this was awful. It was awful. This was supposed to be a celebration to Thun- for Thunder Rosa to celebrate her women's title. And she got to say three words, pretty much. She pretty got to much. say three words. Vicky Guerrero for some apparent reason decided to be racist. <laughs> <laughs> For, of all people, a woman with the last name Guerrero decided to bring up the fact that she's going to deport Thunder Rosa back to Mexico. Oh, God. Okay, before we go in any more with this, because I don't really think there's much to cover with this segment here because it was that bad, I want to talk about one thing quick because I just remembered this. So it came out on all, pretty much all over social media, that Thunder Rosa talked about the Brock Lesnar segment back in the day with Eddie Guerrero. That apparently... With the mariachi band. with the build to their WWE title match and No Way Out. Brock brought out a mariachi band and had a whole segment with that. Thunder Rosa apparently to this day still looks at that segment and says that it, quote-unquote, insult her culture. I have one thing to say. So is she just saying that because she's an AEW? Because it sounds like it. Because immediately, what did I tell you after this? You We literally talked about this. This is something that happened 18 years ago. She was 17 years yeah. old when this happened. And she's somehow still offended. Still offended by this segment. Here's something I have to tell you right now. You have MJF on your roster. Who not only offends, who not only insults everyone's culture, everyone's gender, everyone's everything. He literally during his promo said that Texas wouldn't understand something because they're all inbred. Yeah, it might, be he, it might be him just trying to get heel heat. But the man says this stuff on television. But you've never said a fucking thing about that. But Brock Lesnar has one segment back in the day where... He's, back in 2004. Yeah, building to a WWE title match. That wasn't even that serious of a segment. It was a comedy segment. And you're that offended by it. If anything, you should be offended... About the JBL fucking segment where he's kicking Mexicans off of the border. Yeah, that's fucked up. That one you should be offended by. Not Brock Lesnar jokingly around dancing to mariachi music. Right? Like, come on here. Like And then of all things, it's it's such it's such coincidence that you tell me this stuff that she's offended about the Brock Lesnar Eddie Guerrero stuff. And then Eddie Guerrero's wife goes on to national television, walks up to you and goes, I'm going to deport you back to Mexico. Were you freely, were you freely? Are you, you offended now, Thunder? Right? Did <laughs> you, did you, did you freely not, did you, did you, did you grant that to be said? Did you look at that and go, don't worry, I'll let Vicky say that. It won't offend me, but you'll get offended by a fucking segment that happened 18 years ago. What? People are fucking soft. (laughs) Oh my God. People are snowflakes. I've seen people talk about this segment up the wazoo and I don't get it. How in the hell she's that fucking hurt by that segment? I don't get it. Especially still today. There's people that will talk about that segment and realize it fit that build a lot. Like, it's literally just Brock coming out with a mariachi band. Like... It's not like he starts taking digs at Mexican people. Like, come on. Like, what the hell? My God. Like, I don't get it. I didn't understand. How can you be that offended by that still to this day? I could never imagine being something, being offended from something... That was 18 years ago. I can't imagine how she I can't she's... Even remember something that was I don't get how she's ago. that offended by that. But MJF says all this stuff and she says nothing about that. Fucking Vicky pretty much tells her she's going to deport her. And I she was... hasn't said a fucking thing about that. I was 8 years old 18 years ago. Oh my god. Just, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Completely. Just, I... I, I... It's just so funny to me. The coincidence of that. I'm offended, I'm still offended at Brock Lesnar's segment with Eddie Guerrero. Literally, minutes later, Vicky Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero's wife, I'm going to deport you back to Mexico. Yeah. I And is on the roster with MJF, who insults everything. Yeah, literally everything. He literally said he's going to crucify Wardlow. Yeah. He insults... He's pretty like much... Jesus! He's insulted religion, culture, everything else. Gender, everything else. But, you know, don't get offended about that shit. Dead family members. Right? Don't fuck. I'm sorry. That shit with Brian Pillman, I will say to this day, felt way too real. I don't care if it was just to build some stupid little side story. That shit felt way too real and was unnecessary. Well, if I remember correctly, uh... MJF and Brian Pillman Jr., like, they actually, like, if I remember, I don't know if it's actually true or not, but I remember seeing something that they, like, don't like each other or something like that. Well, that's even worse. That makes it even worse. Yeah, really. (laughs) That makes that whole entire thing Like, do you want the dude to punch you in the face? Like, legit? (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. Tirade over. Bell. That's all we need at this point. Ding. So, the main event was... Nah, we don't... (laughs) <laughs> we're we're just going to briefly cover it. We're not going to get too in depth with it. It's is so boring. The Jericho Appreciation <laughs> oh, Society. Fuck. Jericho and Daniel Garcia versus Dark Order. John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Again, I'm going to say this right. I'm giving up on Daniel Garcia. I uh, I don't every single time he's on TV, I'm like, "Okay, this is his chance. Got to show me something." This never shows up. He me literally anything. had the moment where he Jericho went to throw him over the top rope and he hucked him like when well, he tried to like Silver tried to throw him over the top rope tried to throw Garcia over the top rope and he literally just like stuck to the top rope and then fell and then rolled out and I was like all he tried to do was shoot you over the top rope and you couldn't even do that like he he looked like he was lost in this match he didn't know where he was going what he was doing and I'm just like I want to like you, but you're not giving me a reason to like you at all. And it ain't because you're a heel. Like, I just don't like you. Your, your, your wrestling style is not there. And then we had stupid-ass Matt Menard saying the same thing he said last yeah. week at the beginning of this match. Because... Literally talked about Jericho, about having how Jericho, when he plays Judas, and he's like, Talking about how, like... Yeah, he was like, if it was up to me, there'd be no Judas, there'd be no singing Judas. I said the same said, thing last week. He said literally the same thing in the promo last week, and then said it again at the beginning of this match. Ugh. The, the Jericho Appreciation Society is not going to be anything fucking good. It's awful already. So, again, we at the end of the match, we, again, Jericho and Garcia get the win, obviously. We pretty much have said it, because... We, got, we had Floyd get involved, and then Garcia got the win. Uh, Jer- was Jericho got the win, or was it Garcia that got the win? I don't remember who got the win. I don't remember yeah. either. So, the the Appreciation Society got the win, and we... So, we talked about, is at this point, we're just waiting until Eddie and Proud and Powerful come back at this point. My question is this. Garcia tapped him out, man and the sharpshooter. Right. So my question is still this. At this point are we going to get a full-on LAX reunion? Yeah. At this point. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be stadium stampede. It's going to be the Jericho asshole asi- asylum or whatever the fuck yeah. they're called versus uh, LAX and Eddie Kingston. Well, is it going to be... It's it's going to be Homicide, Hernandez, Santana Ortiz, Eddie Kingston. And I think it has... There's some signs that it's going to be because of the fact of Hernandez leaving Impact. Yeah. It There would be no other sense out of this than having him show up here, be inserted into this, and defend his LAX brethren, even though, you know, there was the whole new LAX versus the OGs thing, but again, they're all LAX at this point. Yeah. Like at the uh, I think them all coming together as a faction for one night to take on the Jericho Appreciation Society it would make a lot of sense. So even if it's Stadium Stampede at this point, I think we get it. Cause it, it just, to me, makes more sense with that. Yeah. So, all in all, when it came to NXT, it was just... What would you say? It was That's, an alright show. Yeah. And then when it came to Dynamite... It was meh. It was like, eh. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah. And again, it had its moments, and then it just had its pure hatred stuff with the the thunder and nyla stuff is just garbage yeah it was it was atrocious yeah, it's awful it's garbage and then the the main event was just bad mm-hmm. the 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 red velvet stuff was bad just don't care about the stuff with layla and statlander and her yeah like you started off pretty solid with the night but then it was like basic mox and brian squash match and then it was just like downhill from there so again a meh show sounds about right and nxt was just eh was like okay i guess yeah in a nutshell so that's it another episode in the bag from us you could follow us on twitter at justintime211 at jeremy time seven two one and we are out of here